Welcome to the 342nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on June 25th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway, I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's tapping the mic, Carlos Rodella. Does that work? There it is. There, there it is. is. Wait, hold on. Is this working? That's better, actually. Is this That's, on? There's more ASMR. See, ASMR. And, oh, we're getting a whole new crowd in here. Nice. Ooh, all right. Well, I'll get a device that I put on it to, like, lick it or something. <laughs> That's what they do. That's part of it. Oh, no, dude. I know. It's funny you say that because I was watching um, Instagram yesterday, and I have a Chihuahua, and so I look at Chihuahua videos sometimes just because I'm that kind of guy. And this lady had his chihuahua, and she was making it a birthday cake, and she made a dog-appropriate cake. And at the end of it, the dog was eating it, right? And so she put a microphone up, like, right next to its mouth to catch the eating and licking sounds. And she's like, oh, here's ASMR for you guys. Nice. And I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious because I don't know, I don't know if you know this, but there is actually a condition in the human body where if you hear certain sounds... It drives you into a rage. Oh, jeez! Um, I do not have that, but my wife and my son both have that thing. So whenever they hear the dogs licking, they like completely are like, they go after the dogs. And they got to get them to stop licking immediately. And That's it's funny because if they heard that video, their heads would explode. So I yeah. thought it's funny that somebody out there likes that sound. You know? Well, the exact opposite happens to some people. They have other conditions. Which yeah. They're like a turned on. Because uh, that's a thing. Oh, geez. I didn't even think of that. Oh, you didn't think of that? Oh, my no, goodness. No, I was like a chihuahua. And I was, I'm not, those well, two yes. things don't cross over in my head. I get that when you're talking about like dogs. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's also just like people just enjoy that kind of sensation in their ear holes, which is I weird. Yes. I guess. Um, no judgment. No judgment. No judgment at all. I mean, whatever you're into, I accept. <laughs> Um, but this podcast isn't an ASMR podcast. It's a games podcast. It's a games podcast. All right, folks, we got lots of stuff on the show that has nothing to do with Chihuahua licking. Um, oh, that's some... the podcast title, though, for Chihuahua sure. Licking. Chihuahua. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get away from uh, oral fixation stuff here. Let's talk about some games, folks. You know, I know, Carlos knows, we all share a virtual living space, and I guess you kind of share it with us too sometimes, divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. He's got a side, I've got a side, things are a mess all over, we're tidying up right here, right now, it's housekeeping. Carlos, what is on your side of the room this week? Well, like I mentioned pre-show, the, believe it or not, Steam Next Fest is happening. It never stopped. I feel like I'm still getting the emails from what was the last one? I don't remember, but like we said earlier uh, before the show, it just never ends. It's like a continual next oh, fest. Dude, I just I feel like it's just this ongoing like death march of like, please look at our game, please look at our game. And I I got nothing left, man. I can't I can't do it no more. My eyes need a break. Well, we both uh, take that differently because I think of it as a nonstop like barrage of new games to check out, which I'm always like, I can't check them all out because there's just too many of them not enough time for those yeah um that said there's a ton that um uh i am checking out by the way eternites or eternites eternites uh we've, we've talked about on the show before i think maybe it's a dating but also with an action rpg element game what hold on maybe we haven't talked about that because i feel like i play all the dating sims and that does not sound familiar right so it? it's a eternites e-t-e-e-r nights um, I did mention on the show once before a long time ago and said I was excited because, remember, I've only play, I've played 
one of the only dating sims that has action oh, RPG. Now I remember why I crossed it off my list because it looks too anime for me. That's why. Oh, okay. okay. I'm with you. But yeah, I played one and it was not good back in the day because the action RPG was so nominal and so little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one looks like pretty involved and cool. And so I probably will check it out. Um, that demo is up right now for Next Fest if you're interested and like anime. Um, also, uh, Sea of Stars finally has their demo out, which has been an old school RPG that a lot of people have been talking about. Yeah, heard of that one, heard of it. Um, the Invincible, I thought you should check out. I don't know why, it just I put an asterisk next to it for Brad. The Invincible, let me look it up. Type in The Invincible Next Fest. It's just a narrative game. It had a really cool look. I just felt like it was a Brad game. Hmm. I have not heard of this one. Yeah, it does kind of look like a game for me. It kind of does. I think yeah. your, uh, your radar was on the mark there. Huh. And then also, Identity Rebels is a game that, for me, I feel like should have we should have had this before. And if we do, tell me. But it's an open-world RPG shooter. So third-person, like, think Elex, mm-hmm. and it looks like kind of like indie that way. Mm-hmm. But you're shooting. Like, we don't get that much, do we? You know, I'm looking at these screenshots, and this... It feels like we should. It, I want to say there's a million of these, but I'm looking at it. I don't think there is a million of these. I don't think so. I know, right? So it's huh. like, okay, I want, I want in then. Right. Identity Rebels. And the one I'll be talking about today, I'll save for uh, my first game. But I, I did also play a demo from the next one, so we'll talk about right now on the show. All right. Well, let's save that for just a minute while we uh, move on to the boxes here as we continue housekeeping. Yes. What else you got, dude? Um, let's see, not new games because there's a ton of them. Oh, just t- really quick, uh, Diablo check in, like you check in on your eggs. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the obviously, I beat the game, we talked about that in the show. Yeah, I played it for a long time until Final Fantasy 16 came out. Uh, put it on pause because I'm working on that right now, which we'll talk about this episode. And uh, I just been watching a lot of footage and YouTube videos about Diablo. And obviously, Seasons is the first thing that's going to come out. If you played any of the Seasons and like the other games, you know that it's kind of a grind. And I'm not a big fan of resetting and making a new character every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a bunch of YouTube videos are going on around that because there's, there is a ton of new people, like another comparison to Elden Ring, that are in Diablo 4 that either never played any Diablo games or B, did, but because it's such more of an open-world game and a really fun world to just explore and level up in, they don't want to reset their character, you know? Yes. And obviously I don't either. That just seems like a pain. Now, what's interesting is that if you want to make an alternate character, and, you know, now I'm going to play a necromancer, which I never do, that's kind of fun. But if that's the case, then I'd only want to level up that alternate, and I wouldn't want to keep making new ones. So as long as the seasons are, okay, you have to make a new character for seasons, but then every season you can keep that character, then I would be in. But it sounds like they're going to do the old school method. Where they just wipe it after you're done. Just right? wipe each season because, yeah. oh, the world's changed and the systems have changed enough that it's a new experience. And I just call bullshit on that. Like, it's Diablo. Like, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, and they want it to be a game as a service, right? And this is this is like one step beyond just doing... DLC or new dungeons or new instances and events and stuff. I mean, this is like if they get you in that season shit, well, then, you know, they know you're going to be back season after season after season after season, you know, kind of similar to what uh, 
uh, Fortnite does with the Battle Pass or any of these games the service do as a Battle Pass where it's like the game is basically the same, but, you know, you get like these new tier rewards and if you want to go after it, you got to start basically from scratch. You know, you go back to level one every time you do the Battle Pass. I mean, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Just they're getting you on that game as a service grind for sure. Well, I'm glad you brought that part of it up because my biggest pet peeve with some of the YouTubers like Asmund Gold and uh, a bunch of them is that a lot of them talk about, you know, um, they just kind of like uh, pish posh when people say what I'm about to say, which is you can have a battle pass and you can have all these things like cosmetics, cosmetics, et cetera, but you don't have to reset the season because if I'm invested in what you just said, this battle pass and this kind of extra layer of stuff and can keep my character, I'm going to play a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they, a lot of them make the, uh, I want to say excuse, but the argument for, you know, the reason why you have to reset is because, you know, they want to keep you in this games as a service. But I think the opposite. I think if you have a character that you keep grinding on and now they're level not just 100, which is the max, now they're 125 or something and they just get better and more strong and then you have a battle pass in cosmetics, I think those are that's the way to go. Um, it just seems weird to me that to, to be like to have that games as a service, you have to reset an RPG character. I, I just don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got a point there. I don't think you have to reset. I, I definitely agree with you that there are other ways to do this. I, I, so I guess one thing that I don't know is not, I don't know about Diablo, but I know that other games as a service who have done this thing where you wipe, um, there's like rewards at the end of the season. So I don't know if they set up anything competitive where like everybody starts at zero and then whoever gets, you know, the highest level or whoever finds the most rare loot will get like a bonus reward i mean that would be that would be one reason to do the wipe because right. then you're, you're working towards the finish line but if not i mean i think it's just about like just like you said like if if 100 is the cap then you make it 125 and you know you just keep going up and up and up i guess um i guess you have to scale that properly and do whatever but i guess it doesn't matter since they already do scaling anyway it's just a number so right if I, to me i'm with you like if i make a character if i spend, spend 50 60 hours on a character I don't want to reset. I've n I've never played a game where I had to reset to zero and start over. I I know I don't do that. So and to your I'm point, you. to your point, like I think the only reason, one of the reasons would be there is PvP in the game, right? And there is this kind of competitiveness. So if the reset is for that, that's cool. But a ton of people don't want to do that ever. They don't even want and to keep touch it a separate it. mode. Just keep it a totally separate. Keep it mode. a separate mode. And yeah. by the way, in on full honesty, obviously there's still the eternal realm, which means your eternal character is your person who went to level 100 or whatever, and they never, ever have to reset, and you can play them forever. They just can't enjoy the seasons. Yeah. So it's like, I just think that they're doing it wrong. Um, anywho, that's my only two cents about that because I'm putting it down for now because I really do love the world still. I actually like a lot of the side missions. I'm level 56 now or something, which is I've never been that like leveled in a Diablo game. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to, to Elden Ring again because... It gets me wanting to, uh, you know, stay in this world because they built such a good one. Yeah. But it definitely is on pause because, you know, I beat the game. I uh, don't have to grind in it right now. And I'm a little sad because I know that this first content that comes out next month, you know, it's going to be a reset content. You know, it's like that kind yeah. of ultimate That's a character. bummer, dude. I mean, I don't know. It, it seems to me just based on my short play time, and you probably could answer this better than I could, but... It just seems like in addition to all of that reset, game as a service, whatever, whatever, they could just do, 
you know, they warp you to some random place and just have a brand new island. I mean, I don't see yes, any reason exactly. why you... Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's no limit. It's not like it's not like we've used up all the land in Diablo and we can't build anymore. Like, whatever. You just warp to some new place. There's already warps in the game. It's already canon. You warp to some other end of the earth and there's a whole new continent to explore. Keep your same character. Just do that. That's there easy. There you go. There you yeah, go. Simple. It's like an MMO in that way. And also, um, remember, like, I don't know, was it, was it Reaper of Souls? But, like, in Diablo 3, there's expansions, you know? Yeah. So yeah. just make an expansion for this game that, by the way, has a gazillion players that will literally delete your game because this is the style of player that I am, and I know a ton of people, you know, millions of people bought the game that are like me, and we will just delete it and not play again if there isn't, like what we just said, a, a true expansion. Yeah. Because if it's just the reset thing, then I'm going on to play Final Fantasy and some other game. Yeah. Um, my last two cents, though, before I leave Diablo is that the other thing I have to say out loud somewhere on a podcast is that um you know asmund gold and a bunch of these youtubers i just get so frustrated when they talk about like you know after level 80 it's boring and i go <laughs> bro how many people are getting to level 80 yeah. okay that one percent or five percent or something it's not bitchable you know you can't bitch about it <laughs> it's if that's it's, a pretty good podcast title right there it's not it's bitchable. not bitchable that's, pretty that's true that's pretty good because, like, you can't, you know, oh, man, level 80 to 100 is such a grind and so boring. Yeah, well, who's there? Who's there yeah, with yeah. you? Who's bitching about it? Not me. I had right. a great fucking time for 50 hours or something and and beat the game, and now I want an expansion. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm not, like, bitching about, like, oh, the numbers got too low at the top. I just think that's so silly. Anyways. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like that, that edge case of a user, right, where – there's always like one person who's like min-maxed everything and they've spent like 8,000 hours and they've got, you know, that person who's basically poured their life into it. And their concerns are generally quite different than the concerns of somebody who plays it on the weekend or who plays it after work. It's like two whole different worlds, right? It's like the difference between somebody who's like working a nine to five and fucking Jeff Bezos out on his yacht who's like wondering which country he should buy next. I mean, yes. the concerns are very different. So. And, and I understand that and accept it because, yeah. by the way, I've been that person for some games. Like oh, sure. I've been on both sides of it, both sides right. of it, for sure. But my point is a lot of these um, YouTubers will like kind of have that as the definitive review for a game. Oh, sure. And that's yeah. wrong. Like That's incorrect because also they're influencing a ton of people who are watching their content. And then they go like, well, it's just not good after this period of time right no like, I'm, I'm with you i totally agree with you yeah i think they need to re reset their barometer and be like you're not i mean i guess if you're a niche youtube channel and you want to talk only to your niche people go ahead but like they've got to realize not everybody's going to spend you know 12 hours a day playing this game because they're streaming it all the time or whatever that's a very that's a very very edge case like it's the same thing for me where i play you know, I play like 400 games a year and I realize like nobody plays 400 games a year. So my concerns yeah. are different from the concerns of the guy who buys two games per year. Right? Yeah, exactly. And you got to keep that in perspective. So. All right. Well, that's my last two cents for now. Uh, also, I just realized I'm going at like 2.5 speed. <laughs> what? I'm like talking at 2.5 speed right now, I think. Aren't I? Oh, I mean, you sound normal to me. Wait, am I always this fast? You seem like regular Carlos. Wow. I feel like I'm going fast. Anyways. Maybe I'm talking extra slow. Maybe you are. Nintendo Direct happened. Yeah. Did you watch any of it? I watched the whole thing, actually. I got uh, the family on the couch, and we had a spare moment. We watched the whole oh, that's uh, right. the whole boring-ass 47 minutes or <laughs> nice. whatever it was. Well, yeah. you're a Switch family. You're like, you know, yeah. you bring so many Switch games to this episode, I'm sure. Absolutely correct. Um, so, yeah, that seems like up your alley. I have a few uh, highlights, but uh, you want to tell me what you're excited about from it? 
I mean, not much, dude. I number oh, one, you did say it was boar fest. For yeah, I mean, number one, if you're gonna like, I I don't mean to like judge people, except we all judge people all the time, every day. But the, if you're gonna get on to do like a like a, a thing like this international, huge, gonna get millions of uh, people watching it, comb your fucking hair, dude. Like that what? guy that was on the left, he looked like a slob. Oh, I wasn't watching anybody. I just fast forward to oh the videos. Oh my god, I'm sure he's like some millionaire executive in the upper echelons of Nintendo. It looked like he just like walked into the studio at random. I'm like, please get a makeup artist. So, I mean, whatever. I'm not like judging his personal. Like, I'm not saying you're ugly or anything. I'm just like, dude, like if I was going to get on a camera in front of millions of people, I would at least like, you know, wash my face and comb my hair a little bit. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe okay. that's not I'll a good have to thing go to back say. and look. I did not Maybe even know for saying that. I don't mean to be all judgy and shit, but I just I couldn't get over how bad the guy's hair was. And I'm like, that's driving me a little bit bonkers. Anyway, other than that, um. It's the same, you know, the whole family was kind of of the same thing. We're like, Jesus, this stuff again. It's like Pokemon and farming. Like all it was was Pokemon and farming. And we were like, we were desperate to see something that really appealed to us. I think the um, Pikmin looked like a bright spot because my wife's a big Pikmin fan. Um, I want to say there was like maybe one more game that looked good. But the rest of it, we're like, oh, Jesus, more of this stuff. Like we're just, we are over the same, like t- two kinds of content that Nintendo brings. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking out the guy's hair. It looks fine. <laughs> The guy on the left? Yeah, he's fine. Oh my god! No, dude. He oh, anyway. Well, we we like to agree to disagree on this, and now we're agreeing to disagree on someone's hair. Oh my gosh! And again, um, I, this is not a personal attack. I don't know this guy. I'm just being a bitch, and I it's just like fine. it. Just really bugged me that his hair looks so sloppy, and I just it drove me crazy. Anyway, sorry. Well, I, I thought apologize. I thought in the Nintendo Direct you would really be into the idea of a game where you step into a Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, you know, that one is not just a Switch exclusive. I looked at that. The graphics, uh, I know what you're talking... Myth it's Force. Myth, Myth Force. Force. First-person roguelike Saturday morning cartoon. I was like, well, besides the first person, that sounds like a Brad game. It, you know, it would be, and I like the graphics, but again, first person, so I'm already halfway out. And like multiplayer focused and just like roguelike, I'm like, nah, none of that's going to work for me, dude. It's just not going to happen. Okay, uh, Saturday morning cartoon. I just got that part. It does of it. look great, though. The graphics are cool. The, uh, the two standouts for me are just obviously New Super Mario RPG. I mean, oh, that yeah. was a great game back in the day to have another version of it. Yep. yep, yep. Um, and the new 2D Mario game is like fantastic. Wonder. Super Mario Wonder. Yeah. That was the other bright spot. I forgot what it was. It was Pikmin and Wonder were the two yeah. things you were excited about. Yeah. I mean, like, I kind of always have wanted just another regular ass 2D Mario game. With, like, new animations. You see how, like, when he goes into the pipe, he has these different animations and stuff. Oh, yeah. They really tweaked the graphics. I mean, it's subtle, but it's definitely noticeable for sure. Yeah, It's it beautiful. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was my takeaway. Um, but, again, I, nothing really huge for me. Yeah, no. It was nothing. It was pretty boring, honestly. My wife was kind of getting annoyed, and my kid was, like, kind of checked out. Because, you, you know, again, like, it was, like, the last two directs or something where too much farming, too much, um, yeah. way too much farming, and too much, like, Pokemon likes and we just we those are not big genres at our house and so we were like whatever like the switch can do so many other things i'm so tired of seeing these things focused over and over and over so yeah yeah uh that's all i have i think okay cool um let's see just a quick shout out to well speaking of the switch mario plus rabbids um they did announce a new dlc i believe during that direct yep. i i think mario plus rabbids the the tactical game is great to begin with and the second one sparks of hope uh, was also great. It was a great experience. I didn't finish it because it's really long and I had to put it aside for other review responsibilities. Uh, but it's still on my Switch. I plan on coming back to it. And they just let let out their second 
DLC, add some new characters, add some new modes. It's a good reason to come back if you want to come back to it. I love that game, and I'm glad to be reminded of it because, uh, you know, we just get so busy, and you're on the content wheel, and you got to play a game for the show, you got to play a game for review, the website, whatever. You know, it's 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 a lot, and sometimes you don't have time to spend on the games that you really enjoy or that are really long. Um, but I will come back to this one. I'm glad to be reminded, and uh, heads up to anybody out there who enjoyed Mario Plus Rabbids. There's some some new content available. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Brad's going to download that. Yeah, for sure. I dig that. I dig that. Um, I also was very fortunate enough to be a part of the Mortal Kombat 1 stress test going on right now. Going on on PlayStation 5, as a matter of fact. I, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I can't say how I got into it. That was part of the conditions of getting into it. Uh, kind of like Fight Club almost. Ah. Um, literal Fight Club. But uh, yeah, I, I jumped in, and I think the graphics look great. Uh, really interested to see the new character designs. It feels... Um, I, I, I don't want to say like a throwback, because it's not a throwback, but I, it feels like they've sped things up, and it feels a little more combo-heavy um, than the last couple of Mortal Kombats. Uh, and, you know, it's always been kind of a dial-a-combo sort of a game, and, you know, whether that's good or bad, uh, I can... I can like it sometimes, and sometimes I really don't like it. I think something like, um, oh gosh, what was uh, what was that one that came out from Rare that had like those weird characters? It had like the like Fulgore, the cyborg, and the werewolves and stuff. Do you remember that one? Oh, Primal Killer Instinct. Killer, Killer Instinct. Instinct. Yeah, I like that primal. took it way too far, right? That was yeah. way too far dial a combo. Um, but then again, it's not something like uh, that's totally freeform either. So. I think this particular one, a little bit more combo based, which is always a struggle for me because it involves a lot of memorization rather than yeah. kind of freeform fighting, right? Um, but that was just quick impressions. I, you know, I could be wrong, or maybe it was just the characters that I played. It could be different with other characters. But um, simplified fatalities, which is great because I feel like um, putting in 19 moves for that is dumb. Yeah, that was always that. annoying. Yeah, yeah, that was annoying. Look, I mean, graphics are great. There's a new system, which I got to be honest, I didn't fully understand. There was no tutorial involved. So with all of the new systems, you kind of had to figure it out where you hit one of the shoulder buttons and like your teammate comes in, like I would pick like Sub-Zero and then Jax would be my teammate, but he's off screen. You fight as Sub-Zero just as normal. And then you hit the button and to call Jax in. And sometimes he would come in and like do a move. Like he'd do like a ground pound and knock the enemy off their feet or he would grab them or something. And sometimes he would like run in and just like run out like it was like a feint. And so I wasn't quite sure, like, why why he was attacking sometimes and not. And I'm like, am I pushing the button the wrong way? Am I like, what's what's going on? Mm. So I want to explore that system a little bit more. Seems pretty interesting. Uh, but I mean, overall, pretty positive. I mean, if you, I mean, Mortal Kombat has been on a hot streak lately. The last few games have been all great. So this seems to be like, I mean, I I, I don't mean this to sound negative, but like, it sounds just like another great Mortal Kombat. So I mean, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, if you didn't mess it up. That's you know, stay on the winning streak. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I will yeah. say this though: a, I will never play it <laughs> because um, you know the gore stuff. Just you don't have to do the gore because the fatality you don't have. Yeah, to Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. But I'm just not a fan of that stuff, and it just seems like they keep going further and further. And it's like at some point it's just like you know gore fest, and I'm like I don't care about yeah. that. But I guess you could play it and you know do all the other unlocks and just kind of having a fun time with the game and not have to do fatalities. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm just generally we talked about how I kind of them off fighting games right, right, right that said quick tangent um my day job at the crown channel which by yeah. the way check it out this is just a plug we're not sponsored blah, blah blah i work there um it's cool as fuck we're doing some really cool things i haven't talked about it much on the show but basically if you have any streamer you like like a streamer that you watch or a youtuber or something um 
we probably have them on our shows and we just basically play games and do weird shit uh, and have fun. So recently we played Street Fighter Six, which we talked oh, about nice. on this show. Yeah, we talked about recently, yeah. And I, because, you know, lots of times they don't get to spend a lot of time with the games that you played. I just hear about them. Uh, I got to watch, you know, for a long stream, uh, people making characters. And oh, you can yeah. make some messed up characters. That is a weird, that is a weird character builder, dude. It's it's really strange. I've seen some real monstrosities, man, for sure. Literally, that's what they did on our show. They was like, just made the most monster people. Um, oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. I'll put a, maybe I'll give you a clip of just like them making really bad stuff. Yeah. But it seemed funny because you can actually fight with those. Like, oh yeah, you can make their like real long arms, long and arms, short giant arms, barrel yeah. chests, and big heads and small heads and stuff. It, it, it is cool and it's fun. And I have seen like you know like these weird, weird like genetic mutations and stuff. But I gotta be honest, dude, we haven't really circled back to it yet. But as I was um, dipping back in, I haven't played a lot of it. But as I dip back into Street Fighter Six. Um, I created a character to go into the world tour mode because I know you wanted to hear more about it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, there I, you go. I did. Um, I did make it. It's it's so hard to make a female character that doesn't look like a total freak in that game. Like I was really stunned at like how difficult it was. Where you know the fat distribution between male and female bodies is totally different. The way that the bone structure is 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 not totally different, but different in some ways. And so it feels like they've just kind of got a one-size-fits-all general character creator, which I don't think really works because mm. um, I feel like a lot of times it's slanted toward the male character. So like when you're making a particular type of guy character, it comes out looking pretty okay. You make the same kind of girl character, and it looks messed up. Like you're just yeah. like, that's not right. That That is not how a human body should look. So I had a lot of difficulty with it, to be honest with you. It took me a long time, like more than an hour and a half, to get a, a female character where I felt like they didn't look like some kind of weird like strange Elon Musk Tesla lab escapee kind of a thing. So I don't know. It's like if you pick the stock, like the stock, like small, tiny, uh, you know, slender body, like those kind of look normal because I think that's the, that's where Capcom starts from. I'm, I'm making wide assumptions here. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any behind the scenes info, but it seems like when you pick the tiny little like Chun-Li style girl or something, that seems okay. But when you want to get like a tall woman or a muscular broad woman or even a woman who's like, you know, on the plus size or something, they just come, they look something not right about that. So yeah. that was a struggle for me, but you yeah. know what it reminds me of is like the He-Man figures, you know, how like there was a figure and it was like this, the base figure. Yes. The core. Yes. And then exactly. it would just be different colors and stuff. Yeah. It's called a buck. Actually. That is what it's called. The All right. Core, the core base figure is a buck. And so like you stick different heads and different arms and different legs, and you get different figures, but you're still working from the same base figure. Yeah. Street Buck Fighter Six. Yes, exactly. Kind of what it feels like. All right. Anyways, anyway. uh, what else do you have? Are we going what to else? shows? Uh, well, just last last update here. Uh, probably the last update for Sekiro. Uh, I know we've been talking about it for a couple weeks. I started on my revenge quest. Uh, for those that don't remember, I played Sekiro when it dropped like three or four years ago, whatever that was. Got all the way to the last boss and I couldn't beat him because he was just a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And I got really frustrated with the load times because every time you fight the last boss, if you die, when you restart, you have to not only respawn at the save point, you have to run back to the room where the boss is. You have to watch a cutscene, Then you have to uh, click past that. And there's loading time in that whole thing. So it's like it was like multiple stops and loads before you want to keep fighting the boss. And I'm sure you get, you know, you're fighting a big boss. You get ramped up and your the adrenaline's going. You want to just keep doing it, right? You don't want to, like, take a tea break between each battle. And it just drove me nuts. So anyway, yeah, pissed me off because I didn't beat the last guy. And I'm like, okay, enough time has passed. I'm mad. 
my sleep is being disturbed. I'm emotionally unbalanced. I need to go back and beat this game to like find peace in my life. And so I restarted a couple weeks ago, been playing it, giving, giving these updates weekly on the show. And I got to say, I beat it. I completely beat it. Nice. Finished the game uh, a couple days ago. Posted a picture as proof in case anybody didn't think I was telling the truth. Nice. It's me standing over the last boss's dead body. I uh, would have been peeing on him if I could, but that is not an option in Sekiro. And it was it was okay. Like I feel like it's it's weird because coming back to it, uh, in hindsight, a lot of things that were big barriers to me last time were not barriers this time. Whether it's just um, because I played Wo Long in the interim, or because I already knew what was coming, or maybe a combination of those things. Um, I felt like a lot of the a lot of the brick walls that stopped me last time were not brick walls this time, which is great. Um, I'm gonna just say that I got better as a player. I don't know that that's true. Um, and very few of the bosses were like serious challenge. I mean, I. Okay, well, hold on. I don't want to say that it's not a serious challenge. I'm not trying to like humble brag or anything. I'm just saying that like a boss that last time took me 30 tries took me like three tries. Mm. So what? So I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just saying like I just I didn't get stuck as much as I did last time. And when I finally got to the the last boss, you know, I had the anxiety, right? I had the stress. I'm like, I I I caved at this point last time. Am I going to cave again? Am I going to push forward? And I'm really glad to say that I did push forward. I got some help from. The Fightin' Cowboy. He does a YouTube series. Um, actually, very few of the strategies he suggested worked for me because I think he's just an all-around better player than I am. But being able to watch some of the particular moves was like getting more education and knowledge about the moveset. Mm. And then between that and just looking at other people's strategies, like it's like everybody who put out a video had a different strategy. And so I kind of picked and choose. And one of the things that people suggested to me was to use the umbrella. I never used the umbrella in my first playthrough. It's a steel umbrella. It's almost like a shield. But it's limited use. You can only use it so many times. And so I didn't want to rely on something that wasn't usable all the time. Um, probably why I barely ever use uh, magic uh, magic users in RPGs because they don't want to be reliant on like magic potions. And yeah. if you run out, you get screwed. So I, I, I spent the entire game working on an umbrella build, you know, spec'd it out. I got the materials you needed to upgrade. I got the right umbrella. And then I got to the battle. And then once I started doing the battle, I'm like, wait a minute, like, I don't need the umbrella. Like I, I see something else. And so I ended up settling on something that worked for me. Um, and it was just about getting some tips, studying a lot altogether. The battle, the final battle probably took me about three hours, I think of like repeat tries. Cause it's not an easy battle. Um, but I did get to the point of where I was like getting a perfect on his first two phases. And then I had enough life potions to like power through the last two phases. Cause it's a four phase boss fight, which Ugh, sucks. Gross. Uh, but I got there, I got there. I did it. I did all the stuff. Um, and after I beat the game, I still kind of felt like like I wanted to kick it some more because I was just mad about it still. You just but, kick it while it's down. Yeah, exactly, right? So there's another optional boss uh, that's even uh, beyond the last boss. He's called the Demon of Hatred. And a lot of people hate that boss because it's really cheap and shitty. I'm like, I, I bet I could probably do it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that zone. I'm going to go do it. And I went to go fight him. And like the second time I fought him, I almost did him legit. Like I had him down to like a sliver and then I fucked up. So I almost did it like right off the bat. But then after that, like I lost a mojo and I died, died, and died. And there's actually a, a cheese way to kill him where you jump up on a roof and he chases you and he falls off a cliff. Oh, I love <laughs> that. I love yes. that. So I did that. You did? It was, oh, was it did. satisfying? Yeah, nah, it would have been better if I had beat him straight up. I would have felt like I really owned that game. But it was pretty funny to watch that fucker go falling off the cliff like a dumbass. Nice. So. Anyway, that's a bow on Sekiro, folks. I got my revenge. I put my mind to it. I spent a lot of time on it. Uh, thank you to YouTube, Fighting Cowboy, and everybody else uh, who's had made a video that helped me. 
and uh, my friend Ryan from uh, from Twitter gave me a lot of help specifically. He had a lot of good uh, strategies, even if I didn't use them at the end. But his support was great. Like, nice to know I had a person in my corner. Yeah. So that was good. So thanks, Ryan. And, uh, yeah, Sekiro is done, and I can now sleep easy. Well, congratulations. We'll get you a plaque. Um, <laughs> we have to at some point. Um, and, yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, again, we feel good about victory. There's probably a tangent here that's, you know, about the mental condition, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we won't go into that now. But I will uh, say uh, a tangent is that um, another show that we just did at work was about Black Desert Online. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun. And I think I'm going to play it on PS5. I All right. Restart it. But uh, there was a guy on our stream who was trying to beat a boss, speaking of bosses, and died. And then he sat there for a while, you know, when you're kind of like in disbelief. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he goes, he put a pot. I, I called the, the clip putting a positive spin on losing to a boss because he's like, um, I think I did good. You know, I think um, I think I did well. I think I, I did good. The only problem was I didn't do enough damage and I died. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed so hard because that's like a nice positive way to say yes. like, uh, you know, I made a try at it. Anywho, I love that clip. Yes. I, um, I attempted it. I attempted gonna, it. Yeah, that's a plus. Plus column. Yeah. So, yeah Bosses. Yeah. Anywho. All right. That's all I've got for housekeeping. You good on your side over there? Let's close it up. All right. Let's move on to the main portion of our show. Got lots of stuff to talk about. We've got a very interesting one to talk about at the end. I'm quite excited to talk about it. But for now, let's start where we always should start. The beginning. And we're going to turn it over to you, my friend, for... Gordlets, which is uh, you said you found it on the Steam Never Ending Next Fest. Yes, uh, and it's also the other reason I bring it to the show is not just because of the game, which I do want people to check out, but I realized it's um, it's a genre of game. We talked about this last episode. There's certain genres that I won't ever play again. Kind of going back to fighting games, I probably won't play them again um, unless something came around where it's a kind of hybrid, you know, fighting game, but. Then there's other types of genres that I didn't know that I wanted to play, and that's what this one is. Okay. Um, so Gordlets is a city-building sandbox. In general, your Sim Cities, you think of that kind of thing. You think of um, what's the huge one? Skylines, City Skylines. City Skylines, sure. Um, those types of games. Obviously, we play games that are similar to that, but there's like survival, like Frostpunk, etc. Um, but what this one is, it just pitched itself, and it's just a demo right now, uh, not out yet. But it pitched itself as, you know, it's called Gordlet, so you just have these little plant creatures, kind of like a little mini Pokemon or something. And you build an area, and there's no objectives, there's no point to it, there's just building things, and then watching the little Gordlets visit your town. Huh. So Animal Crossing, I guess. Okay. But even Animal Crossing, there's a fucking errands. There's all this money you owe. And it's bullshit. Of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whole thing. This is literally, it pops you down. In, you know, right now, I don't like that it's WASD. It's, you know, it's a keyboard and mouse thing yeah. uh, because it's a demo. But you just, you know, move around with WASD. You put things down. You turn, you know, can turn them around or whatever, um, resize them and stuff. Put down buildings, put down walkways, and then a train just pops up and drops off some cordlets here and there and they come and visit but there's something i can't describe about it one it's just effortless which you love to just kind of have something you can relax with okay that's always good yes and obviously because it's a mouse you just like you know literally just drawing in land um you put down a house you put down some lights or whatever 
and everything you do just works. So like I'll put down a house and inside it, you can put down like, make it a cafe. And you know, like say it's raining outside and it's got, there's a vibe to it. You know? Is this like a like, menu or is it just because of the furnishings you're putting in there? Yeah, so like the furnishing. So like you open, you put down a house, you go inside it and then whatever they, is available, which isn't a ton of things, but you know, let's say that you're, you can build a cafe. You put down a little cap, a cappuccino maker. You put down, you know. Okay, okay, but you're not like you're not stuff. like designating it like in in a in a menu like this is a cafe. No, no, you're no, just, no. Okay, okay. You're gotcha, just putting okay. things down. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's what the whole game is. You're putting things down. So like, uh, and so you do that, and so some say at some point, Gordlet will just come in and like have a coffee and sit down and you know be cozy. Um, like say you build a deck by the water, a Gordlet will just walk over and start fishing because <laughs> that's what you do. That's what you deck. do. Yeah. That's what you do. It just works. It's like, I can't believe there isn't more games like this. I think there might be. There's one that you talked about with the little houses. What was that one with the little houses and you just built things? Oh, um, Jesus. It was like all these little uh, town. It was called town something? Townscaper? Fort something? Townscaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that kind of like, it was a puzzle game though, right? It was It was just like a build. Like there was nothing to it. It just You just did it for the fun of it. Well, that's kind of again what this is then, right? But the difference is it's mixing that with Animal Crossing where like these little creatures are just coming in and doing things. Uh, and also I don't play a lot of these games because generally there's, there's like a fail or like you feel bad because, you know, the little creatures are upset or something. You know, you haven't done the right things. Yeah. This doesn't have any of that. It's like every once in a while a train stops by to drop more of them off. But then they just go do things. They'll sit at a bench. If you built a fireplace and a bench next to the fireplace, they'll sit by the fire. Oh, okay. That seems cool. You know, like it's so simple, but I'm telling you, if you want to relax, you got to play this Gordlets. Yeah, it sounds like a real chill kind of vibe. Like, you know, just just enjoy the ambiance. And, and it feels good. We don't really talk about this often, um, but I feel like it, it it's a good positive too rare sensation of building something and having it be successful and seeing other people enjoy what you've done it's just a really like wholesome feeling like just on a human scale like not just in games but like and to replicate that in a game is something that i feel like we don't spend a lot of time on i mean we, we spend a lot of time shooting jumping pvp whatever and there are there are building and construction games but something like you're describing sounds just like hey i'm just going to do this thing just to make something and then just to revel in the pleasure of it is 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 not too common i don't think it isn't and i think there's that one game i played or we both played where you just built scenes you remember that it was like it was just like picturesque scenes you built um, oh man it was like that you're just in limbo and there was just like one scene it was kind of like pixely was it the one that was like plants and it was in a yeah, post-apocalypse yeah yeah that one yeah i know you're talking about but i don't know the name of it but that's you know again that still kind of had a puzzle element to it but like yeah, you just build something to build it. And if, if people are listening uh, and know more of these, let me know. But it just seems like there's not too many. In the description of this game, it says, grab a blanket, brew up a cup of chamomile tea, and get snuggled with some gourdlets. <laughs> grab a blanket. I love it. I love it's it. so true, dude. It's it's crazy. Like, I don't know. Life is so nuts, and it's just so relaxing. Like, another example is you build a beach area because there's different, you know, land pieces sand and grass and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you build a beach area like a little gourlet will go along and start making a sandcastle because that's why not fun. that's fun so gourd let's check it out the demo's up now i'm gonna wish list it so when it comes out i will have it uh, i will purchase this full price because there is no price you could put on this to you know for relaxation 
uh, made by Anti Games. Anti Games. Okay. A N T I or A U N T Y. A U N T Y. Oh, okay, auntie? gotcha. Yeah, Do you say yeah, Auntie yeah. or Auntie? I say Auntie, but I've heard it both ways. Uh, Publisher's Future Friends, adorable. Yep. And Auntie Games has made a bunch of games. Oh my goodness! Oh, wait, you're not gonna like this. Uh-huh. Um, now I never know if Steam's right. Oh, Future Friends is the publisher. Okay, Future the Friends. Is probably you're looking at. They there, published yeah. XO One, which I liked and you didn't like. Oh yeah, I remember, remember that the, the little yeah, disc. The- Cool idea, super boring in practice. You know? I agree to disagree. I really like that game. <laughs> but anyways, uh, check it out. Go or let's. There's my first game, and I'm playing the demo now on Next Fest. Right on. All right, let me talk for a minute about Auralux Constellations. It's A U R A L U X. Auralux Constellations. Um, this is one that we got uh, sent to code for just out of the blue. Uh, I didn't know anything about this one, so I figured I would check it out. It's on Switch, and I'm always up for something new and different and interesting. Um, I didn't realize, I'm pre- I'm like 99% sure this started as a mobile game, which probably explains a lot. And not to slag mobile games, even though most mobile games are complete shit. But uh, there are some good ones, and this is... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not a good one, but I had some issues with it. So what is Oralux Constellations? It is basically the most stripped down RTS you could ever imagine. Um, real-time strategy. You start off with a planet. So every, every it's, it's a bunch of boards. Like So you start the game, there's a whole bunch of different levels. And you just pick a level. And what happens is you're the blue planet. And then there's always an orange planet and a green planet. And those are your opposing planets. Mm. You're generally like starting off at opposite ends of the board. And they take the shape of like different um, star fields or whatever. Like sometimes they're in the shape of a Y. Sometimes in the shape of an X. Sometimes it's a square. It's just like a bunch of planets that are empty. So like there's a blue planet, orange planet, green planet. They're all at opposite ends. In the middle is a bunch of gray planets, which are unclaimed planets. And then every second or so your planet kicks out a little ball of energy and it circles around you like a little satellite. And it just like, boom, 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 boom. Just makes them, just makes them automatically. Um, and after a while, you can send those little sparks of energy over to an unclaimed planet to claim it. And then it turns blue. And then that one starts kicking out those little balls of energy as well. So basically every planet you have is like a little unit generator and it works on a, a, a rhythm, its own rhythm. And then uh, every time you take over one, then it becomes yours and you can make more and like take over more planets that way. So of course the opposite, the opposite uh, planets are trying to do the exact same thing, right? The orange dudes are trying to take over the, their section of the galaxy. The green dudes trying to take over their section. And then you're the blue trying to build up your army and take up more planets as much as you can. Of course, the more planets you get, the more units you have access to. And that gives you more power. Um, I don't know if you're f- super familiar with Starcraft, Carlos. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. I didn't play a lot of Starcraft. I played some, not much. But the the phrase Zerg Rush, does that mean anything to you? It sounds familiar. So I'm not an expert on StarCraft, but I do remember this. So basically the Zerg are like the uh, alien race in StarCraft, and their their whole thing is like swarming. So like you build you, you get a Zerg thing, you build up a bunch of like small units, like a million of them, and then you send them all like swarming oh, into the enemy yeah. base. And it's just it's just like even though each individual unit is just like really weak, there's just so many of them. Like you cannot stand up to them because it's too much. Mm-hmm. So that is basically what this game, this game is like Zerg rush the game because that's what you do every single time. Like you build up a bunch of enemy or uh, units as much as you can take over planets. And then you just like send your army to take over the other planets and the other people are doing the exact same thing. So 
it is simplified and stripped down in a real basic way because I do feel like a lot of RTSs get too complicated. Uh, for me, who is not an RTS fan, and I definitely feel like if you're an RTS player, I feel like you are your own kind of person. Like, I don't think that, like, general video game skills transfer to RTSs very well and vice versa. I feel like the management, the moving the screen around, the constant, like, 100 things going at once. like Yeah, it's particular. Yeah, it's a very particular skill set, and I do not have that skill set. So I'm always interested in stripped down RTSs, right? So um, that's why I checked this one out, uh, other than the fact that they sent us the code for free. But um, after like a, a level or two, I was like, okay, I get it, but all I'm doing is just like Zerg rushing over and over and over, and I'm always two against one. Like, it, it never feels like a fair fight. It always feels like I'm always getting bullied. Every time I start making progress on the green, the orange dudes get me from behind. I go back to respond to the orange dudes and the green dudes get me. And it just feels like, it feels like every match played out the same to me where it was like, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Everybody's building up tug of war, tug of war, tug of war until one of the colors gets one more planet than the rest. And then that's the tipping point. And then it just like snowballs from there like you've just got enough dudes so you just like steamroll everybody mm. and then you win and then you just like do it again in the next level so um it is streamlined but i think maybe almost to a fault and i i needed a little bit more to it and also i really disliked having it be two against one odds every single time i just felt like that was bullshit like yeah. i mean i just i just dislike that because it made the matches go on for too long and i felt like it was just you know when you're going against two computer ais the ai always has an advantage usually and i just it just d didn't feel fun to me. Dude, um, that reminds yeah. me though when I played RTSs back in the day, yeah, it would be like two AIs on the on a battlefield. And I would be like, just like you just said, like I'd be handling one of them and the other one would get me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'd be like, damn it, that, that feels bad. Yeah, it does feel bad. And it's just like this really long extended like tug of war. And it was just like, okay, like I get it. I get it. I mean, there's a million levels in this game apparently. And I only did, I did a couple because I got, I got tired of it pretty quick. Um, I will say also the tutorial was broken. I couldn't finish the tutorial. So maybe there was something else to that game that I don't know about. Um, but I couldn't finish it because the whole point of this game is that your planet makes those little energy dudes. And in the tutorial, my planet stopped making the energy dudes and I couldn't continue the game. I couldn't do anything. So you got to fix the tutorial. doesn't work. Um, and then also the controls were really mushy and not crisp. Um, I found it very easy to, um, like click on an area that you wanted the guys to go to, and then you want to tell them where to go. But then sometimes the clicking would get off balance where you think you were clicking your guy, but actually you're clicking the destination and it ends up being backwards because, um, it's just, just the way that it's hard to describe, but like, it's, it's very unclear. And if you just do one tap too many on your button, then it, it sets off your rhythm and the whole thing gets off wrong. I really wanted to like um, drag and drop in some instances uh, that wasn't available where I wanted to just like hold a on a certain group of guys, bring them over and then let them go. Uh, that's not possible. And what ended up happening was um, I looked in the menu and there there's one button that like um, controls all of the guys on the board at once. And that was the one I just did that. So I just hit like the Y button over and over and over. It was just like click, 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 click. Everybody, everybody, everybody. It just... It just wasn't enough to it. It wasn't entertaining enough. And it was the kind of same gameplay over and over where I would just Zerg rush all the time and then go on to the next yeah. one. And Okay, so, okay, I get it. And if this was a mobile game, I can totally see how that would be. You want it simple. You want finger controls on a small screen. I get it. I get it. But as cool as it is to want to strip down the RTS formula, and I think that's a worthwhile cause, uh, this one I think maybe went a little, little too far in the wrong direction. Yeah, it literally says on the page, RTS deconstructed. 
yeah. on its detail page. And also, um, it says it's really about a vibe with the uh, music, too. Cause, and you don't do music. Usually. No, I don't listen to music when I'm so playing in bed. So I feel yeah. like that's just to play devil's advocate, part of what they're trying to build, which is uh, those kind of games where you just kind of chill out with the music part as sure. well as that. Sure. But again, you've got to enjoy the actual RTS. Um and I don't. I'm just, I'm so not that person either. So, yeah, barely ever do I connect with them. And I, I keep trying. I've played a lot of them and, and very rare do I find one. And this one was not one. So, anyway, Oralux Constellations, um, not for me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. And before we go to my, my game, I just thought of something. I'm going to make you a t shirt. Uh, I have those, you know, those stores you can make t-shirts yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's going to be, it's just, the only words are going to be, I hate your tutorial. <laughs> that's that's it. I would wear it proudly. I would wear it proudly. I yes. think you would. Oh, man. Okay, so enough of that one. Over to you, Carlos, for something that I was pretty curious about, the Grey Hill incident. Uh, this is a first-person scary game, which in general is not something that I'm down for, but instead of being... Uh, a lost memories thing or a weird silent hill rehash or anything it's like in the middle of a gray alien invasion which i felt like it was kind of a funny spin on things not funny funny i mean i don't think, I don't think it's a comedy game but for me i thought it was kind of funny so i am curious to see what you thought of the gray hill incident uh yeah um i'm interested in the reviews now i just went to the steam page and uh unfortunately on steam this is just steam uh, the reviews are mostly negative. And I was like, Oh really? Okay. Well, that's interesting because I didn't feel that uh, spoiler. I, I think it's a quite interesting and, you know, rather fun game, not super negative. I have like, there's like nothing really too negative to say about it, but uh, yeah, what is this game? And then I'll get into some of the steam reviews actually, cause I'm interested. Uh, the great hill incident, story driven survival horror game, first person about an alien invasion that takes place in the nineties which is very specific. Okay. Um, I don't know why they picked that, but it's just, it is. And the media is talking about, you know, it being conspiracy theories and there's no aliens and there's nothing to see here kind of thing on the TV. Just like in real life. Just like in real life. Uh, no, no, actually, no, it isn't. Because now the government's just talking about aliens. They so, kind of are talking about aliens, sort of, but yeah. I know. I but, you know, you. it's it's kind of different. It's like, I it's trying to be kitschy and like, the TV is like over the top, like nothing to see here, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's to me, it's kind of a comedy game. So if some of these reviews are about it being realistic, I don't think it's ever trying to be. Oh, um, I didn't get that vibe at all from the trailer. I mean, I'm more with you. It seemed a bit, little bit more like tongue in cheek a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause maybe, I don't know, maybe people went into it thinking differently. Um, by the way, it is $25. So maybe uh, that's another reason. Uh, okay. That seems a little steep for what it looks like. I feel like it's a $20 game. Yeah. When you get okay. in there. But yeah, you go in and you start as um, a character in a house with, uh, I think you're the dad and, and your kid's there. And you're kind of just, you know, it's all very gray, obviously gray, but gray kind of green hue uh, look to it. So like, Are you like in a farm area? Are you like in cornfields and you're stuff? You're in a house. That's where okay. you start. And yeah, you're out in the middle of the woods kind of, uh, or in the farm area, because um, there's cows and, uh, you know, pastures, et cetera and farming stuff but yeah you start in the house and it's really kind of focused on there and like looking around and figuring out the controls i do appreciate that the you know run fast button is pretty fast because i hate these kind of games where you have to like plod along and it's super slow yeah agreed agreed it's very fast there is a stamina meter but i feel like i can move around pretty good and then the frame rate was great i was playing it on the xbox and it was like 
70 frames like it was like fast okay and i was like all right i'm in I, it's not like slow and these kind of games when they get down to the 25s and nice 20s and smooth yeah interesting nice right. and smooth so that's good the com to me it was comedy so like the the kind of like narrative they were telling um i just took yeah tongue-in-cheek kind of way so because the game by the way starts in a long intro sequence where you just hear people talking in the town like just the audio of them yeah and you're getting they're basically setting up all the characters so this feels like a character story too like you know that's the guy who owns that one farm and uh has the tinfoil hat and he thinks everything's coming yeah, together yeah i thought that was one of the aspects of this game was like there were like personality people in the town that you would have to talk to or save possibly and it was you know it, it kind of seemed like small town oh i gotta go rescue jeb out at the windmill and i gotta find susan down at the cafe yeah exactly kind of a thing right yeah that's what it is and that's yeah. the vibe that well, i'm interested why they're not in the reviews on steam but that's what i got you know and so you get all that just an audio then you're in the house. Then you're trying to figure out, you know, there seems to be uh, something amiss outside and some weird noises and some weird lights. And you see on TV, they're talking about, don't worry, there's no aliens. So obviously there's aliens. Of course there's aliens, um, yes. So you go out to the shed and the first thing is like, there's something in the shed. And I thought, this is such a small um, like detail, but I think the devs, if they listen, will appreciate that I noticed this. And, you know, there's something in the shed, kind of like E.T. moment where like it's really loud in there. Yeah. You finally find something to open the shed. You go in, and as soon as you go in, there's no alien, but there's just a glimmer of a green light that leaves. Mm, and it's okay. like, and, and you have to look for it. Like, you have to quickly look up at the ceiling, and you see just a little glimmer. And it was like, wait, did I see something? And I was like, wow, that's a small little touch I like. I um, that's exactly what they were going for. It was, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know specifically, but I'm sure it was. Uh, and then later on, yeah, there's like, Spoiler, it's in the trailer. There's aliens. Oh, yeah, it's all over the trailer, yeah. There's, like, combat and stuff. But it all seems like very light combat. I haven't done too much. There's a gun. There's a crowbar. Um, Mainly, what I've been enjoying is the weird little world they built. When, you know, I just helped the the tinfoil guy. Yeah. what his name was. He had a cat, and I rescued the cat. And then he had me in to talk a a while about what his theories were. Um, And then he gave me some tinfoil. So that I could go. You oh, know, for real, make, make your hat. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, and you know the other vibe I got from this game? This is gonna be the probably a positive review, I think. But I got an Alan Wake vibe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is exactly what I was hoping you were gonna say, dude. Because I, you know I don't play a lot of spooky games, but yeah, something about this one was like, wait a minute, this this kind of seems like there might be something here. And what you're describing is like everything that I was kind of hoping you were gonna say. Like I want it to be about the town, the kooky people, like the Alan Wake, you know, like the log lady and the the, the people in the town and stuff, that whole stuff. I mean, that's, for me, really interesting. I'd have no use for another running through dark corridors shooting stuff or or running from things. But if you're having, like, the town and the weird people approach, that sounds dope, dude. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I really think it's it's hitting an interesting in-between spot. Um, there are, like, by the way, there are a lot of um, positive reviews on Steam as well. Good atmosphere, they say. Good story idea. Uh, characters. Are but, you getting like, killed a lot? Like, is there a lot of like, are you like scrounging for health packs and stuff? Or like, no, what is that aspect of the game? I'll like? tell you, I'll tell you what I think everything, uh, okay. all the negativity is about. Cause uh-huh. I, we've been playing games for so long. We know I can just know right away. The two, the only cons I'll say, and what I, I think people are like, you know, not as happy about is it's a little buggy slash, you know, not polished. It's, it's a small yeah. studio and yeah. we look past that in a second. Right? Yeah, I don't care. Don't so care. that I don't care at all. 
invisible walls and stuff like that, whatever. It's just a small studio. They're trying to put together this game. Sure. And by the way, some of the cutscenes with the ships are fucking amazing. I'm like, okay. you can see it's kind of thrown together at times or like, you know, um, limited resources. And then at times you're like, no, wait, this is a triple A moment. You know, like the shading and stuff on that one. There's a ship that just is hovering above a house. And I'm like, oh, if that was in a serious game or, you know, there's serious moments. But if this was in a different game, that's a triple A scene. Right. right, Um, right. And then the Alan Wake vibes. But the other thing is that it's short. I heard I didn't finish it, but also not a con, not a con for me either. Like, that's just done. Like, I love it. Like, I'm going to go back and try to finish it because if it is short, that's great to me. Um. And then, yeah, I think $25, people were saying, like, I mean, maybe a little seems, too much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 25 seems to be, seems like there's a big difference between 20 and 25. And I, it's probably silly, but, like, in my head, I, that's different. And I bet a lot of people feel like it's different, too. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Um. So, so this sounds great. And I think you're actually selling me on this one. Uh, but the one thing I want to know is, like, is there a bunch of jump scares? Because I'm not a big fan of jump scares. Are you no. constantly getting jump scared? No? No, 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 no. That's how oh, this okay. game is. I mean, unless I missed it later on. But you can just tell the vibe of the game when you start it. It's about going and finding things, collecting things, uh, light combat. And it's just, it's kitschy. It's weird. It's different. Um, yeah, okay. Okay, so, good. That's the vibe I was getting from the trailer. And you've just, like, confirmed all of those, like, suspicions that I had. And I'm glad you've confirmed those because that is what I was hoping to hear. Yeah, someone said it's like they were their con in the review was like it's not scary, but you know I don't think it's it's trying to be that. Um, the only con that I will say okay. is a true con. Okay, because we keep it real here, keeping it real. Um, they have a a light like a flash flashlight. Yeah, that you have to crank. Okay, um, no is fucking gonna... reason, bro. No fucking reason. <laughs> get it out the game. Get it out the game. Okay. Yes. okay. No one wants to crank anything in a game where you're exploring and doing these things, fuck that thing. I you don't know, know really why funny, they though. built you that. You know what is funny? I'll tell what? you something that's really funny. I actually have a crank flashlight in real life. I have Gee. one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's fine because there's no power and then you're safe. That's, yeah, I get you never it. run out of batteries, but you got to have arm power. Yeah, it just sure. It's not fun in this game. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, guess I just I guess kept I... tired of like hitting a button for it. Sure. Um, yeah, and again, I think the voice acting is fine. I think it's it fits the vibe of this game. Sorry, I keep going back to the reviews because I'm mad at them. Uh, I just think it's a pretty good game, and I might even think differently about the ending. I gotta, I want to go check out the ending, but I like, I like it. I think you should check it out if you're, if you like any of the things I just said. Yeah, this sounds pretty cool, dude. I, uh, you know, I'm not up for another one of those forgot my memories. I'm in a weird location, scary, running through hallways, bullshit. But this seems like something different. This seems like. You're in the town, the aliens, the slightly, maybe like a little bit of humor, perhaps, or not intentional humor, but, you know, a lighter tone, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this sounds pretty dope, dude. I'm going to check this out, I think. Check it out. I Check say. it out. Yeah. All right, cool. The Gray Hill Incident. Yes. All right, exciting. Let me talk for a second about Nova Lands. Uh, this is on the Switch, uh, as was Oralux. Uh, this is a, I don't even know what you call these, but it's kind of like a top-down, pixel-based, 2D... I guess like a crafting game, I suppose. I don't know if that's exactly fair, but basically what happens is you play a person who crash lands on an alien planet and you've just got your little, your escape pod and then you're just like in this zone. It's very abstract and gamified. And I, I that is 100% not a con at all. Like it's not an open world. Each, each section that you play is like a little island. It's like a little, maybe like as big as one screen. And it's just like, they're all shaped like uh, hexagons or whatever. And it's all very delineated and clean and just, you know, 
this is not supposed to be a real world simulator in any way. And for me, that's fine. 100% fine. Not even a con whatsoever. Just know what you're getting into. So basically you land and you got to like make stuff. You collect rocks to get stone. You collect wood to get wood. And you got to build some stuff. And at first you build like, you know, uh, I don't know, like a air purifier because you got to breathe. And then after the air purifier, you can get uh, a little shelter or whatever. And you got to mine for resources. So basically you're just like collecting a bunch of stuff. And every time you make something, there's always something next on the tech tree. So like you get the, you get the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. I'm having a, I'm having a very coffee, coffee poor morning right now. I know. I think it's the opposite. I have too much coffee. Oh man. I need to have some of your coffee. Give me some of yours. But basically like, you'll be like, okay, here's the, the, the kiln or whatever. You got to throw wood in it. And then from the kiln, you get like the, the big industrial oven. And then from the big industrial oven, you get like the, uh, the mega oven. And then after that, it's like the nuclear oven, you know, mm. like it's, you got to just like upgrade your stuff and everything you have upgrades a certain way. So this is all just like a thousand of the games so far, right? There's nothing really to recommend this, but this game does something that's really, 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 really smart and cool, which I thought was great. And I want to give like a big round of applause to them. So in this game, you have robots and these robots do almost anything you can tell them to. So once you figure out what you're doing, like if you feel like, okay, well, I've got the kiln and I need to get wood to put it in the kiln and the kiln will make charcoal. And then I got to get the charcoal to put it in this other thing to make a thing. So like once you figure out what you're doing, you can build a little radio station and these, this radio station will give orders to your robots that you build. And then you're like, okay, robot A, go get wood. Robot B, put the wood in the fireplace or whatever. Robot C, take the carbon that's left over and put it over here. And they just fucking do it. And they just do it all the time. And mm. so once you know what you want them to do, you just tell them to go fucking do it and they do it and you don't have to do it anymore, which is awesome, which is really great because doing repetitive, I mean, if you're a person who likes joy in repetitive tasks like that, cool. I mean, that, there's no judgment there. If that, if that floats your boat, go for it. But for me, I don't want to do the drudgery of doing something like that. And I want to kind of just do something else. But this is like how the whole game works. The whole game is, is based on these like crafting chains. And so you got to do it, but they give you these robots to do it for you. And it yeah. works really well i've got to say the menu and the ui and the way that they have worked out the robots is pretty brilliant dude it's brilliant in its simplicity because all you gotta do is click on some shit and you're like oh i get it i know i know what to do this makes sense to me it's not complicated uh it, it's very logical it's very straightforward and clean and they've just done a really masterful job of taking the system which could have been incredibly over complicated and instead they make it super simple and straightforward and streamlined so i mean total kudos huge round of applause for the robot system i think it's great i really love it a lot and i think it's excellent um i'm just so so impressed because it really does address a lot of the problems that i specifically have had with games like this where where i feel like i want to chill out game like a relaxing game kind of like the one that you talked about earlier yeah kind of like gordlets but i don't want to do the grind right and so to get the robots to do the grind for you is pretty fucking cool i really dig that a lot it kind of reminds me a little bit of um graveyard keeper which is another one that i really like where at a certain point you can create zombies to do the drudgery for you which is basically oh, right. yeah 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 it's not it, I'll, I'll, to be fair they actually do it better in this game i think the robot system is better than the zombie system but uh same idea of like you just get something to do it for you so you can do something else while you still get your basic needs met so kudos i love that a lot i think it's really great and robots um, are better than zombies at doing things come on they are they are more efficient you can upgrade them you've got little drones that can fly there's some that have lasers you can have some protecting ones you can have some farming ones like you can get the robots to do anything and i think that's really fucking cool i think it's just so great and i love that system a lot 
Um, I played this game for a pretty long time, and I feel like if you like that kind of resource gathering, tech tree, evolving sort of gameplay, this is a really good one to play. Um, that's not like my comfort zone. It's not my happy zone. But I really had a good time um, working with the robots and getting that going for a while. Um, I noped out of it, but not not because of anything bad. I think it's just like uh, I'm just not that guy, really. And so when I got about two-thirds of the way through the tech tree, I got to a point at which I was just like, okay, I can see the shape of things. There's not really any more surprises to come. And so I'm just going to like keep, you know, it's going to take me two hours to grind for the robots to grind out enough carbon to, for me to make 10 diamonds and the 10 diamonds is going to be used to make the super satellite or whatever. And I just kind of like, okay, like I get it, like I get it and I'm cool. And I had a good time and I, that's all I needed, I guess. I just, yeah. I was just done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there is some stuff. I mean, obviously there's some, some stuff I didn't see. Uh, I've heard from other people that, you know, other options open up. Like there's some, you get like kind of like commerce thing going or whatever, which is really cool. So if you like this kind of like inventory management, crafting, tech tree stuff, this is a really, really good one. I think it's really good. And I had a really good time with it. Um, I just, you know, not a judgment or anything. I just, I just wasn't interested in putting another 10 or 15 hours into just like managing the flow of resources. Um, not my jam. Yeah. But I feel like what it did, it did really well. And I really applaud what they did. And I, I recognize how good it is. Just not my flavor. What, what, two, one question and one yeah. comment. Yeah. Um, the comment is, it reminds me of that super popular game at times. Uh, what is it? Industrial Complex Game or something. Um, Factorio? Yeah. Fa- yeah. See, we, we've been covering games so long. I could just say two words together and you know <laughs> the game I mean. If you catch me on a good day. Otherwise, I'm going to be. Most of the time. Forever. Yeah. It's most yeah. So it has, it seems like it has vibes of that at times. Yeah, totally. It's, it's like that, but not as complicated, not as obtuse, much, much easier to navigate. Um, right. But yeah, basically same thing. Yeah. And then the question, or just kind of like maybe an alternate comment is that it seems like in the trailer, there is some story stuff and some boss stuff. So it seems like you are working towards like uh, a story-ish thing as well, not just doing the stuff. Yeah, there is some story to it. It's really light, though. It's like you got to find other survivors and they set up little shops. And then there's like um, a little Animal Crossing vibe comes into it at one point, um, which didn't really hook me. But I I appreciate that it was there. And there are bosses and the bosses are pretty interesting. Um, Each island has its own boss and they're all very different. You can straight up fight them if you want. And in fact, this person, they tell you this before you, you do the boss. They're like, okay, so listen, there's a boss down there, FYI. Uh, you can fight them or you can do this other thing and it'll be just the same as if you fought them and it doesn't matter and you don't have to fight them. So if you want to fight them, go for it. I did. And, you know, it's it's good you reminded me of that because I felt like that was a con because there was too many ads and the boss had some regenerating health and I felt like it was kind of bullshit. Mm. So I, I wanted to kill the boss just to get some action in this in this tech tree game. But I felt like the boss was not great. Not a good design. But what you can do is instead you grow this one specific flower, which is not very hard. You grow the flower. You give it to the boss. And they're like, cool, we're friends. And then they oh, they, they fuck off. Yeah, they fuck off. What's and then, it called in Mortal Kombat? Uh, friendship. Like a friendship. Yeah. 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 You can do a friendship or you can fight them. So if you're the tech tree person who does not want to mess with combat, mm. you actually don't have to. Which is, again, brilliant. But also I would have appreciated if the boss battle was better because I felt like it was crap. But right. You could skip the whole thing, so I guess it's kind of in the wash, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is a really good one. If you like the tech tree resource management factorio sort of thing, very good one. Um, I am not that guy, but this is quality shit, and I think it's a thumbs up for sure if you like those. All right. And by <laughs> the way, before we go to the next game, you said something that also is a good podcast title. 
What's that? I did not did not want to leave it. Uh, you collect wood to get wood. Collect wood to get wood. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, that's like good. that's another shirt, man. We should just make shirts. By the way, to, to you, and this is something I'm going to do, to, do today. To like, uh, we don't get any money for the show. So I think I'm gonna start selling shirts if it's cool if you're cool with it. Yeah, go ahead, man. You can. Uh, you I can hate your tutorial. Of <laughs> collect wood to get wood, and you collect wood to get wood. That that's a good shirt. I would definitely wear that shirt. I mean, there you go. Uh, it's a side business. They can have some income to support the podcast. Here. Okay, I'm go. doing it today. Do it. All right. That is Nova Lands. It's a great one if you like those. Very very good stuff. Uh, over to you for a circle back on. Final Fantasy 16, and it's just an asterisk. I'm going to steal your asterisk real quick if I can borrow that for a moment. Please. Um, you know, I, I I downloaded the demo, but I didn't get around to playing because I was pretty busy. And then you got it. You were kind of raving about it. Everybody I, I listened to was like, oh, my God, this game's amazing. And I started to get, like, that crazy feeling of, like, ah, oh, maybe I should just buy it, you know, which I did with Diablo. Um, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I just did that with Diablo. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. I'm not going to do that twice. So I waited and I started watching videos and I started watching people talk about it. And I am so glad I didn't buy this game. This seems like 100% not my jam at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so glad that I didn't get this. Not, this is not a judgment. It's just me personally watching people do the combat and stuff. I like noped out like immediately once I, once I figured out what it was about. So question not on for that, me. Though. Yeah. But did you like Final Fantasy 15? I forgot. I uh, didn't even play it. Didn't even bother playing wow. it. Didn't have time. W- watch, watch the d- differences between us. I played a hundred hours of that game or maybe yeah. more <laughs> and you didn't ever even touch it yeah um, didn't even touch well, it. well then there so. that kind of already tells you like 16 if anything as you've seen is definitely more of an action game anyhow yeah and so that was it, like when i was like oh man i was like i don't want none of that dude none yeah that. yeah and 15 had more strategy with action but uh and by the way this is another quick asterisk um some of the people that worked uh what is it i'm gonna mix this up some other developers helped with Final Fantasy 16. They worked on Scalebound, I want to say. Oh, wow. Jeez, I haven't heard that name in a while. I know. I actually was at Microsoft when they were making that game. Um, I want to say that. And also, like, you know, it was uh, a few people from a lot of different parts of Square Enix. So it's like, um, you know, there are different feels to the combat. Uh, some of them say some people say devil may cry kind of that's what it um, kind of looked like to me that vibe yeah for at sure. times and i'll break it down in a minute but yeah I, I heard other like a secondary developer came in to work on some parts of it uh i think it is for people from Scalebomb, weirdly enough um anywho final fantasy 16 let me talk about it uh i'm playing a lot of it i do like it um it is definitely the most action oriented final fantasy game it yeah. definitely at times doesn't feel like final fantasy in that way uh, the world does, the characters do, there's chocobos, um, there's that vibe of, you know, the characters feeling like they're out of a Final Fantasy game, but the combat is quite different, and the, the even the progress system's different, um, and you, so what is the game? You play, I think we talked about it in the demo, but you play as Clive, in the demo you actually play as his brother too, to kind of get that perspective uh, of the different, you know, characters. But uh, luckily, and I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon, the game is mainly you just playing as Clive. Um, so the demo kind of is a fake out. You know, you're not really playing as two characters the whole time. Yeah. So that's nice because that kid was slow. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> you were super slow. Um, and I didn't care for your magic. Uh, and I won't say any spoilers about that kid. But yeah, so the game you play as Clive, and it is a very dark story. It is pretty sad. 
um, generally things I don't like in my games or my shows. You play as a character, Clive, who basically, you know, in the beginning of the game, gets everything taken away from him. His whole castle, his whole, you know, well-being is destroyed. Um, all of this is very spoiler territory, so I'm going to be very careful. And then 13 years later, you start the game proper after the demo. Uh, 13 years, right? And you've been a slave soldier this whole time, meaning like you are in servitude of this other empire that took over. And you had to like, you know, be a soldier in this other, you know, army, which sucks. Uh, and the whole time you're trying to like figure out, you know, what, what even caused that huge explosion, the castle and, you know, you want to get retribution and, you know, redemption, all that stuff. Uh, so you play as that character and what is the game? The game is, um, really kind of not open world, but like, uh, little mini maps, right. On a major map. So you go to a location, can explore it then go out to the outer world and go to another section. What's a game that does that? I mean, a lot of games do that, I feel like. Right, but like, you know, so many games nowadays that RPGs are just a true open world, but it's like more back to the other style where you just go to sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, because see, what's interesting, there are our feeling of Forspoken in this game Okay. Um, and I think that some of the same people worked on it. I mean, you got, that would make sense. That would make, make sense because Creative Business Unit Three or whatever they're called. Um, <laughs> I think that's their name. They sound like they it's a party real hard on the weekend. Yeah, Creative dude. Business Unit Number Three. Those guys are those guys look are it up. Workers. I think it's Creative Unit Three or something. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. But um, <laughs> there's vibes, and I'll tell you what those vibes are of their work in this game. Um, but it is that, you know, that game is definitely just open world and these are these little maps. But anyways, what you do is, and the biggest question is the combat. It is creative business unit three. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm good, by the way. Wow. that <laughs> The fact that I remember it, I gave myself an award for, and then it is a funny name. That is so rock and roll, dude. I love it. Let I me jump it. to why I meant th- mentioned them. So in Forspoken and them, who I think, again, worked on the sum of this game. They had different uh, ability trees, right? And you would switch between them on yes, the fly. Yes, yes, In real time, doing different abilities. Yep. So this game has the same thing. So as you unlock different abilities, which I won't tell you how you do that, they're different magic and different you know, melee stuff. You literally can switch with a, a trigger button and go to that tree and do those moves. You know, like hold down right trigger, push box, you're doing a special move. But you hit L trigger, go to fire Did mode. box? Oh yeah, I, I by the way, I never said that in the show, but I I generally say box on box. PlayStation. Square, man. I know. Square. I I have said box my whole life. That have is I so... never said that on the show? I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I I guess not a I've lot. I've always said box, isn't that funny? It's like a triangle. What do you what do you Circle. call the other ones? Circle. Circle X and box? I think I say box. <laughs> That's unusual. That could be a podcast name too, but let's move on. Yeah. All right, move on. The point is you hit a, you know, a button to switch different to different abilities, right? Yes, so that's kind yes. of your your main um, uh, fighting mechanic. And you have like the basic, you know, swing your sword, et cetera. But what this does is it just simplifies everything. Here's the here's the TLDR. Is that it? TLDR? Yes, you got it. Yeah. No, no, you had it. Yeah, TLDR. Okay, TLDR. Yeah, yeah. It's a game where you just do basic combat. It's never too hard. Weirdly enough, it's level scaled. Uh, to a point, so you can be like a few levels above the enemies, but never too much further. Like they're always pretty close to you. And it, it's never too hard though either. 
So it just wants you to go along for the story, do some combat that's cool as shit, but not think about it too much, not grind too much. When you get to the menu and doing all these different like ability upgrades and all the stuff you would think in an RPG, it's super simplified. Like just add more power to this one, upgrade this one, yeah. and get out of the menu. Okay, so cool. Okay. They just yeah. want you to have a good time with the story, learn about stuff, do side missions, and really the main story just keeps pushing you forward. Like it's like you just want to know what's gonna happen. Gotcha. Then some big reveal will happen, you'll be like, What the fuck? Like a like a drama or something, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And then you go, What's the next part? So that's what the game is. And so that's a love or hate thing. Like it's not really about failing or getting good or um and you will like lose the bosses. But what's interesting about bosses is I'll be like want to throw the controller down because I had like one potion and, you know, two mega potions fought the boss and lost easily. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, I'm, I don't want to do this again. I restarted it. They call it retry and they give you full potions. Mm, okay. And I go, oh, maybe I can do it then. And then I did beat him. And I was like, oh, and then they'll do this other thing again. Love, hate. They'll do those quick, uh, <clears throat> what are they called? Quick time events? Yeah. And cutscene stuff in a fight, which again, isn't like unheard of, but they might do it like four times in the fight. So like at the midway mark, I got the boss down halfway. It does a cutscene, And if I hit the right buttons at the right time, I take off a lot more life. Gotcha. See what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like literally giving you like, I don't know what the metaphor is, gold gloves or something. Like it's giving you extra things to beat the 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 hard parts yeah so yeah. you never feel and then you have those charms some of the charms are like auto evasion you know um i just think it, it's it's really different take i like it because the story is very compelling the story is very dark and sad at times but that makes you want to you know push forward and like get retribution for clive um so i can see why it's not everybody's cup of tea but for me who loves the story good story and has been kind of frustrated with get good. I like that it's like, no, just, you know, have fun with the combat. It's very addictive, I would say. Um, and just get to the next story beat. Like that is the TLDR for the whole game. So let me, uh, so a couple things. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people that I've been seeing on Twitter talk about this are kind of like, oh, this is not even remotely enough of a Final Fantasy for me. Like it's more of an action game and stuff. And so that's kind of being confirmed to what you're saying is I know that, I mean, you like RPGs and stuff, but you also like your action games. And this seems like maybe a good, you know, Venn diagram of with final fantasy 16 in the middle of those two things. Um, but somebody summed it up to me and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but they were like, Oh, uh, here's, here's something to sell you on it. It's the story of game of Thrones with the action of Bayonetta. And I'm like, I don't mm. like either one of those things. So you actually noped me out of it. Thank you very much. But that was, to them, that was how they best summed it up. Do you think that's accurate at all? It's it's slightly accurate. And the only difference is Bayonetta and things like Devil May Cry don't have like the Final Fantasy-isms that this does, which is sure. like, there are hub towns still. There mm -hmm. are side missions. I went and like found like good soil for a character. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just wanted soil. Like that was sure, their, that was their sure. side mission, of course. And then there's like chocobos, and there's enough Final Fantasy stuff, and like I can grind a little bit and just go fight random monsters in the in the marsh. So I think that's not in Devil May Cry, right? That's not as much in Bayonetta. Yeah. So that's why it's not just a true comparison to that. And but I think th th they're not totally wrong in the fact that it is a, it's an action game. It's really kind of like a fun action game. Yeah. The only con there for me because I'm going to play it and beat it. I'm just 
I think there's something to it that's super addictive. The con is that there's too many moves. Oh, like your that your guy can do overcomplicated. Yeah, like it's like it's helpful because some are on cooldown, right? Because there's cooldown to your abilities, and so like I do the fire moves, and now I have nothing to you know big moves left. So I go to my plant moves, and I can use those. That's cool, but I I'm a little overwhelmed, and I don't like that in an RPG where like it felt the same before spoken, right? Mm, okay, Again, yeah. same creative business unit people, um, giving me like 18 options to do. And then that's not even to speak of the other thing, which is the, my last part of the review preview is that you can turn into this is minor spoiler, but you can turn into a different form. Okay. It's quite a fucking different form. Totally different mechanics. Is it a lady? Is this a trans narrative game? No, 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 no. Oh. When I say different, I mean like, well, I'll just minor spoiler here. Skip ahead one minute. Sure. You turn into a, a huge monster, like sure. city building style monster. Uh, what are they called? Uh, Gaiju. Like a Kaiju? Kaiju, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And then the mechanics are different, right? Like you're moving slow. There's like different buttons. Um, and then there's even like an in-between, like a monster person. Like you just so have like, like a monster non-binary abilities. monster person? Yeah, kind of. You just have All fire right. and stuff. And then you have different abilities. So that's like, that's the only con for me is that like there's so many move sets mm-hmm. that I go like, I just want to know three, you know, like gotcha, and just kill it. Gotcha. Um, but the, the beauty of this game is it, you don't have to know all of them and you could just like do a few different ones you like a lot and it won't penalize you. It's really about just taking along by the hand and, you know, they say later on when you beat the game, there's final fantasy mode, which is a weird name to call it. And it's harder. So it's like, you know, you could, you could make it harder later if you want, but so are they saying that the basic mode is not final fantasy? Like, what is the basic mode then? Is that like dummy dummy action i don't know why they call that, that I, I hate that they called it that i but feel like it's kind of insulting in a way i think it is i think i don't let me re- remove that from the podcast <laughs> no i won't but um the regular story mode then there's like action mode is what i'm playing okay uh which it, it's in the name people it's in the name it's action mode that's what this game is this um, game is action mode okay right. i don't know man there's something to it uh what's his name electric playground remember that show it's still going um What's his name? Electric Player Gun guy. He's so cool. Anyways, um, he's still doing a show on YouTube. You should check it out. He said it best. was like he can't put his finger on why this game is so addictive, but it is. It's like you just finish a little area. You just level up enough to get some new weapons and craft new things. Then you get a story beat, and it's a big reveal, and you're like, you know, like a drama or something on Netflix. Yeah. you got to yeah. watch that next episode. That's what this is. It's a Netflix Netflix series. That's what it feels like. It's like you have to binge it, and when I, it's never enough. I'm like, hmm. I just got to play another section. Um, I mean, that's a great that one more that just one more level feeling is a great feeling to have for sure. That's so, what it is, and that's yeah. why I think that that comparison's wrong. And the fact that some people noping out saying like, oh, it's just an action game, and they got rid of the Final Fantasy. A broaden your horizons, bro. <laughs> B and B. Educate yourself, Cretan. Well, you know, evolve. <laughs> evolve. Things don't have to be the same every time. And then I secondly, it. it's it. it is until you play it, you don't know. There's there is something they built into this game. Yeah. That just it's like uh super addictive, man. And uh I'm gonna play it and beat it. And I really love it. I really, really, really love this game. I, I don't know if I I should say I really, really like it, but I think I do love it. 
Um, well, it, it's still pretty recent. Don't jump to love. You got to have like, okay. your, your thorough dating period. We're for still a while dating. First. Yeah. And um, I'm enjoying our dates. Let's put it that way. And, that, and that's good all in itself. There you go. I'm having a good time with it. He's having a good time. The dating's going well. All right, yep. great. Well, that sounds, I mean, that sounds very positive. And, and of course, most people in my feed are loving it. Uh, and uh, it's getting very positive response. And uh, I know that CJ at uh, Game Critics, who is supposed to be giving me his written review any day now, tap, tap, tap. Uh, he's loving it, too. He's really, you know, spoiler, it's going to be a very positive review. He's, he's, he thinks it's great. So there you go. Final Fantasy 16. Uh, check it out. Yeah, check it out. All right. Final game of the show is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, but then it disappeared for a while. Disappeared off the radar. And I think it's very unfortunate that it popped back up on the radar at the exact same time as the game we just talked about, Final Fantasy 16, because well, regardless of my feelings on Final Fantasy 16, it's a runaway success and it is steamrolling everything else that's going on right now, which is a shame because this game is getting completely forgotten in the wake, which sucks. It is Aliens Dark Descent. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That's everybody was like, oh, People yeah. People go, oh, yeah, a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this game, it got a lot of press a while ago. Um, unfortunately, I think it came right on the heels of another Alien game, which was not great. Uh, I, oh, I can't remember what it was called. But there was it was like Isolation came out, and everybody loved that one. I didn't like it, but um, everybody else loved it. And then there was one, another Alien game that came out after that, which was kind of like a team-based shooter was it like aliens extinction yeah, like a marine type soldiery yeah oh thing. man the game sucked it was so boring um and i think people kind of just got tired of it but i knew this one was coming and i didn't know a lot about it and it was kind of like an XCOM styles kind of a thing and then it just vanished and now it's back well spoiler it's fucking awesome and it's really good uh probably the best aliens game ever made and like literally no one can give a shit about it because it's getting buried in the wake of final fantasy 16 which what well two things about that two asterisks real quick yeah yeah, yeah. one uh it's all made up nothing's buried in anything i I have to go on this tangent go ahead yeah do it do it and you can accept it and and because you're in the press world and you get you literally get buried in emails and there is a difference but i i just want to say this to the general public listening there is no such and developers there's no such thing as games being buried. People will say like Starfield's coming out in October, uh, whatever. And our, our game better not go out then. It's a plant-based building game. Put out the game at the same day. You fucking idiots. There's no, I, and we can agree to disagree, but I don't think, I don't, I think games can exist. I don't think ba- games bury any other games. If I'm playing Diablo 4 like 20 hours a day, I might want a fucking different game to go to after that and not want to play more Diablo. Will I take more time with Diablo and not be able to play two Diablos at once? Maybe. Like two RPGs that are exactly like Diablo. Right, right, right. Okay, got it there. That's kind of buried. But then again, if it's a good enough game, I'll play it later. Sure. Um, you know, and you'll get your money later, which, you know, does uh, go down the hill a little bit. But I just don't, I just, I hear that so much at least on my timeline and stuff like that. Like, oh, this game's getting buried by this other game. And I just, I don't understand if they're a different types of games. I don't see the burying and now please present the other side. So I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I agree in certain respect, but there's a couple things. So number one, um, one really negative aspect of the games industry right now is we're all really okay. Not, not we, not me, but like a lot of publishers and developers, mostly publishers are really invested in the, 
the opening weekend. And like that opening weekend really determines a lot of what happens for the rest of the game. Uh, so if the game doesn't do bonker sales right off the bat, it's very rare that a publisher will be like, that's cool. We're going to have a long tail on this. We're going to do the we're going to do the slow burn sales. I mean, some smart publishers do that and I appreciate what they do. But if a game doesn't do great on its opening weekend, that's like the death knell for a lot of games. And and un unfairly so. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a good practice, but it just is right. I've, I've heard from a lot of people who were like. Our game didn't do well when we dropped and we got cut from the publisher the next week. And, and it, you know, maybe it went on to have a great fan reception. Maybe it became a cult classic or something, but the damage was done. Right. So I think unfairly so that is something that happens a lot. But the thing specifically that I'm referring to, and I agree with you, though, like if I'm playing, uh, you know, a farming game, I can also buy a fighting game. And those two things don't cancel each other out. Mm -hmm. But one thing is that people only have so much money. And if people are going to put all their money towards Final Fantasy, they might not buy another game for like two weeks or a month or two months or something. So in that, in that respect, it's going to hurt the sales again of the opening weekend or whatever, which is so important to publishers, but also um, just word of mouth and just talking about it, like awareness, right? Because if I jump on Twitter and I follow like all the game journals, all, you know, we're like all in the same circle. Right. And so I go to see what people are talking about. If I go to Twitter, every single person, you know, and, and of course hyperbole here, I'm just, I'm exaggerating for just to make a point. Uh, it's talking about Final Fantasy. Like every person is like Final Fantasy this and this and that and this thing. I like this about Final Fantasy. I don't like this thing. It's all about that. I don't see anybody talking about this game whatsoever. Um, and I think this is a great game that deserves more attention. It's a huge IP. Aliens is one of the biggest sci-fi licenses out there. This is a brand new take on the game that is fresh and interesting. It's a, a good example of using a property in the right way. I don't hear anybody talking about it but that circles back to if no one knows that it's out because the journals aren't talking about it no one's writing about it no one's reviewing it then yeah. people in the audience don't know that it's out there they're not going to buy it if they even have the money after they bought Final Fantasy and again it goes back to that cascading negativity on their opening weekend so from my perspective these people uh, Tindalos Interactive I believe uh, who did Aliens Arc Descent hit a home run I'm like this is fucking amazing right and if, if nobody talks about it nobody buys it they're gonna be like it was a failure because nobody bought it right okay so that's kind of what I'm getting at let me unpack that really quickly and it's yeah. just it's a fun tangent to go on and we're almost done with the show so it's a short show yeah go for it um systematically publishers need to change agree fully I, agree. And I think we both agree on that total agree. the idea of this like opening weekend thing is just so ridiculous to it's me. stupid we're Super not stupid. in a movie theater business right which, you know, at that point, even that is kind of ridiculous because now there's VOD and stuff. Agreed. Um, so they're already looking at different numbers. But, yeah, that just seems crazy to me, that part. Okay, so we agree on that. Total agreement. Secondly, I agree with you on the money part because only we only have so much money, each of us, to spend on games. Um, but that comes down to the marketing thing where, like, you know, a smaller publisher might not have as many marketing dollars, so it's harder for them to get in front of more people. Very true. And that's just unfortunate, but how it works. Uh, money unfortunately you oh, yeah. know, creates uh, awareness. Then down the in the journalist side, I have so much, so many problems with <laughs> that world right now. But um, I think part of that lies on their um, plate and the fact of like what they cover, because everybody always wants to cover the biggest thing because that's, they need the clicks because right? they that's need the clicks, right? Engagement. Sure. So that has you know, and then we don't subscribe to that at least on this podcast where we just what like you said in the beginning, whatever we're playing we're talking about. So I think we already kind of fixed that podcast by podcast. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing what we can do. Sure. Yeah. And then the, the last piece to unpack there is that, um, well, there's two more. One is that, you know, your timeline is different than mine and it's different than person C. Sure. And person C might just have like, you know, uh, sim games 
in their timeline and Very never true. even see Final Fantasy 16. They don't even see Final Fantasy 16 trending because if you don't, people don't know this, obviously, but, um, or maybe they do know this, but your trending isn't, there's no worldwide trending fully. Like there's kind of global trending, but your global trending is even just for you as well. So if you look onto the right on your Twitter timeline, or if you're on PC, and you see Final Fantasy 16 like I do, it's because yeah. we've been fucking following Final Fantasy 16. Sure, sure. It won't show up for the sim person, you know? It might not even show up ever. And so that's the other thing, right? We live in these walled gardens. So when we speak of things, especially going back to that YouTubers, when when you when journalists and YouTubers and content creators like us speak of things, we can't speak of things in global like absolutes. We just can't. Oh sure. And I think it's silly that we we do though. Like even I do at times. We go like, this is what this is, and we can't have definitive statement. But it's just because, for better or for worse, we live in such walled gardens of content on our phone and our computers, and and our, and our likes and dislikes. Uh, I just think it's almost like. It's just tricky for us to put definitive statements down on what's doing better and what is better and all that stuff. That is way too long of a tangent. I'm sorry. I mean, I agree with you, but I think you kind of just proved my point because if you're already in a walled garden that for whatever reason isn't going to be getting the new alien sci-fi feed, then you have even less of a chance to hear about it, right? Like you need people to get the word out. And traditionally it's, you know, YouTubers, it's people at IGN who are writing articles or people who are talking about it on Twitter and stuff. And if you are not seeing those trends, then you've got even less of a chance to hear about this game. So I, I agree with you. I think the walled gardens are big. And like you said, money gets you over that garden wall. Getting a big famous YouTuber to play your game gets you over the garden wall. Having a big review on Metacritic gets you over the garden wall. And if the game can't do any of those things, then no one knows about it. And regardless of whether it's a good game or a bad game, it the publisher calls it a failure, which I, you know, we have already agreed that's a shitty thing to do, but right. it's the reality. So I I feel like I feel like this game is in that zone right now where I feel like it's a really good quality game, really interesting, would appeal to a lot of people. It's just not getting over that garden wall right now. I over the like garden walls. Yeah. yeah, over the garden wall is a great podcast name as well. Yeah. Um, I'll leave the tangent and I'll say the last thing I was going to say, which is my actual second asterisk, which is <laughs> I don't think, I think this game might have done better and still can do better. It's not over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I almost did exactly what I said I didn't like. Man, I know. global absolutes, brother. I, I caught myself though. Um, <laughs> because I think it, 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 again, it can have a long tail on Steam as well because that's where I'm looking at the page. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that they don't need to market it as aliens. Um, this is, and you'll talk about it in a second, a game that we both love, a style of game we both love, which is top-down, um, you know, strategy type game. There's a ton of games we just play like it. Uh, what's it called? Um, Miasma, almost in a way. It's not strategy like that, I don't think. It's more actiony, like um, what's it called? Your favorite game in the world, like uh, Helldivers. Helldivers, right? It feels like. And again, I'm jumping all over your review. But what I'll say <laughs> is, I don't think of it as an alien game, but just by watching it, it looks like it's just a different game, right? It doesn't feel aliens to me. You, you tell me now. I'll show. I will say this is the most aliens game that's ever been created. Wow, this that's exactly opposite of what the, I'm act, the Never mind. exact opposite. It should just be marketed as the aliens game. I was totally wrong. I mean, so so here's the thing: like it is, it is the most aliens, and I'm putting the S on there because there's a big difference between Alien, yeah, which was, uh, you know, the scary one alien in a ship, suspense, stalking, like isolation. Yeah, exactly. Isolation is Alien. 
that I mean, I didn't like Isolation, but everybody basically agrees that's the best Alien game. And I, you know, I, I have to agree because I think it it goes for the same things that that movie does. Yeah. Uh, whether I like it or not, this Aliens: Dark Descent is the best Aliens game, which was the James Cameron one, where the Space Marines come in, they're kicking ass. There's guns every five seconds. The the vehicles, the lander, like explosions, everything like balls to the wall. That's what this game is. Um, totally different from Isolation, totally different from Alien. But this leans into that so hard and they fucking, they get it, dude. Like they finally, someone in that Nintendo's Interactive, they're like, wait a minute, ding, light bulb goes on. And they, they, they captured how to accurately portray that Alien's feeling and they've they've nailed it dude like it's perfect um, okay so here's what happens uh it starts out really strong you play a wayland yutani and if you're a fan of the movies you know they're the asshole company that is always trying to like clone the aliens and shit they're up to no good the nefarious corporation wayland yutani executive and you're on the space station things are going fine and then somebody brings as all, this is not gonna be a surprise to anybody uh, someone ships an alien out of the station and they let him go because they want to clone more of these things. It's like it's like the plot of every alien movie. So this is not a spoiler, okay? Don't, don't email me about spoilers. Aliens get loose. Shit goes sideways. Colonial me- Marines show up. And I'm going to skip ahead. I'm not going to go through every story beat here. But basically what ends up happening is you are on the, the surface of a planet. The alien colonial... I'm sorry. The Colonial Marine spaceship is landed. It is your base and then you must run operations in the same way as they did in Aliens, where if you remember the chicken shit commander of the Aliens movie, I forget what his name is. He's the guy who's like brand new, green under his uh, green greenhorn guy. And he's the back of the ship calling the shots over the headset while people are in the field getting their asses eaten off by the aliens. You play the guy who's the chicken shit back in the, in the ship with the headset on. So you're never like in the field yourself. You're you're looking above things from kind of like a god's eye view. Wait, that's the whole game? Yeah, that is what the game is. You it, are okay, you're the commander. The the videos itself made it look like what I was saying, which is more of the kind of on the ground doing stuff. So like it is, but it isn't. Like so that's that's why this game is so different and interesting is because they're trying something new which to my mind has not really been tried before in such a way. I feel like cuz when I saw this originally, I was thinking just another XCOM, which is fine. I love XCOM and I think that Aliens hasn't really nailed the XCOM formula but they went a different way they totally did something different so what happens is you've got the base and the base is kind of XCOM you've got like a science department engineering department medical department you know you've got your marines you can kit them out different ways you level them up so that that's pretty similar to XCOM right one guy can like he goes from like a grunt level him up he becomes like a medic or he becomes like uh you know or like a doctor even beyond that or like you're like the you know the gunner and he becomes like the smart gunner and he's got that cool gun that um they had like in the movie and stuff like the Mm -hmm. big one so like you can level them up and like unlock tech trees and stuff like that's all that's all pretty basic XCOM stuff and that works that which is good like you didn't need to change that good foundation but when you get to the fucking gameplay like it kind of blows my mind dude because you go to uh, like uh it's exactly the 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 scene of the first or the aliens movie where they're supposed to be colonists. Everybody's gone. You don't know what's going on. You're investigating. And the, the complex is fucking huge, dude. It's really big. Three floors to it. And you just roll up in your armored carrier and you jump out with a squad of four Marines. So the interesting thing, number one, is that it's kind of like an open world, but, you know, not a world world, but like a, like a giant area. Like the complex where the, the colonists are living, 
slaughterhouse, farm area, engineering. There's like a med bay and stuff. Like there's all these different rooms and, and it's laid out like a base. And so you're exploring the base on your own. You can go in any direction that you want to go, anywhere you want to go. Um, but you're controlling your squad of four Marines as one unit, which is really interesting. So you've got four individuals. You probably got your medic. You probably got your tech person. You probably got your heavy gunner. You probably got your sergeant or whatever. But you control them all at once. Like you're not doing step by step. It, there's no squares, so it's not grid based. You're not giving each person a turn. You're calling out all of the things that you do all at once at the same time. So, for oh, example, like RTS in almost in a way. It's almost it kind of like, yeah. There is an RTS element to it. You can pause it, and I turn that motherfucker on ASAP because I don't yeah. need to do RTS shit because uh, shit happens fast in this game. Um, but you can when you do like a pause, like you stop for a second. But let's say that you're in a hallway. And an alien's coming. You get the beep, 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 just like in the fucking movie. You can set those things up and the, the motion tracker goes off. You're like, fuck. So one guy will like do like suppressing fire. So but you're you're giving orders to your squad. But like one guy is doing it. So you're like somebody do suppressing fire. One guy sets up well, somebody throw a flare. Do that. And like you're managing the whole squad at the same time. And you're not giving individual orders. But like you give orders to the squad. The squad figures it out. They do it themselves. So it's kind of like you're the guy back in the headset saying, hey, you know, oh, suppressor fire and pick your targets mm. and you know, do that thing. Yeah. And you're telling them what to do and then they're doing it. Um, there's resources. You can't just do like your, you know, everything all the time. I mean, you've got to like pace yourself. You run out of ammo. You run out of health packs. You run out of stuff like that. So you've got to like manage that aspect. But what it ends up happening is you feel like you, the player, you feel like you're you're in that control room watching your squad go through the shit. And there's fog of war, so you can't see around corners if you can't actually see around the corner. If you're far away and there's no security cameras, you don't have a feed into that area, so you don't know what's there. So it's kind of like you're exploring it just as you would if you were doing this mission for real, sending your guides around the corner, advance, advance, or like, you know, oh, watch out, you know, telling them where to go. And then um, when aliens show up, like the shit happens and you got to like dig in real quick. Just It's just like they do in the movie, dude, like exactly the same thing. It feels just like you're doing the same mission. Um, for good and for ill, because like when you get overwhelmed, you're like, oh, God, this feels terrible. I'm going to die. And that feels awful. <laughs> but then when you do it right and you proceed carefully, like it's like you feel like you're successfully doing this like real time kind of tactics. Um, you can pause too, but also it feels very real time in the way. Um, just exploring the base is tense as fuck. Like you just like you're constantly creeping forward. And sometimes you can hear the beeping. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes aliens catch you by surprise. And then like when shit goes down, you're just like shooting. The rifles are going off and somebody got splashed with acid. You're like screaming. And it's just like, it's, it's pretty fucking awesome, dude. Like mm. it works really, really well. Um, the thing that makes it, the thing that really puts it over the top is I wasn't sure I was going to like this and I probably will change my mind later. But what works is that there's no saving in this. Like you can, and I, I, I what I mean by that is there's no quick save, right? So like, let's say you're going to go explore this one, the warehouse. You think there's some alien in there, but you don't know exactly where it's at. But your motion tracker is going off. You send your your troop in there and then something goes wrong. If something goes wrong, that's it. Like it just went wrong and you can't you can't back out of it. Like you just if somebody gets killed, they get killed. End of story. They're oh, dead. permadeath for characters. Permadeath for individual characters, not for your not for you because you're back at the base, not for your mission because there's other Marines that can take their place. Just like an XCOM, right? Like where where you got your favorite guys and you don't want to lose them, but if you lose right. them, you lose them, and yeah. you can get a new squad or something. But the same thing, where like the only time you can ever save is like when you go back to the ship, or if you're in a room. This is kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass. It's also kind of clever. If your guys get really stressed out and they're about to like have a mental break, you can find a room. You weld you weld the doors shut so that no aliens can get in. You can set up a little camp zone. You take a break and you can save at that point. Like if you find a safe zone, you can camp. Uh, but otherwise, like when you're out in the field, 
in the rooms, in the hallway, running away from aliens. Like, if somebody gets killed, that's it. Like, it's over. You got to fucking evac, like, stat, dude. Dude, you know what that sounds like? It's like you're watching a movie then. It does. It feels like you're fucking watching the aliens movie, except yeah. it's like. But you're controlling parts of it. Yeah, you're like on the edge of your fucking seat the whole time, and you're like, oh my God, like, where's these guys coming from? And am I going to get pinched? And what's going on? And the other thing that's fucking awesome about this that really blew my mind is the level design is not at all what you would think it is. Because when I started this game, you get to the scene where you're like, you know, hey, where's the colonists? They're gone. What's going on? And they're like, yeah, investigate, find their find their bodies or whatever. You're like, okay, cool. Like you figure it's going to be like a level one or something. But it's such a huge area and it, the consequences are so severe. Like you cannot clear that thing your first time. It took me a while to figure out like, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to do this all in one go. I'm supposed to like take a break and like go back to the ship and resupply and come back. It blew my mind in a way that I wasn't expecting because you're supposed to approach these levels in multiple stages, switch your Marines out, come back, re-equip, get better gear, come back, explore a little bit more. So I started thinking I'm going to just clear this level real quick and go back to the ship. And it's like, no, 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 no. You got to do this thing in like three or four or five attempts because it's so huge. Mm. Um, So you do as much as you can. Um, and you're strategic about it. Try to avoid the aliens. You know, sometimes there'd be like a rush. Sometimes one will hunt you down. Sometimes they lose track of you so you can like run around and stuff. But the other thing that's really cool is that when you find people, uh, survivors or whatever, you can call your APC like that, that we, that wheeled vehicle with the cannon on top. It can drive all around in that fucking thing, dude. Like when I got there, I thought, okay, this is the drop zone. I'm going to just walk in. And I looked at the map. I'm like, wait a minute. What is this? Oh shit. Like you can... Have that car come right up alongside you. Fucking use those cannons and blow some fucking aliens away. Like, if you need some backup, the car can park. You get in the back of the car. They open it up with all the cannons. And you're, like, firing. Got your, like, defensive zone going on. Mm. And, like, you just take care of business. And, like, you kill those guys. If you go into, like, a room, you can get the survivor. Have the car come up. You bring, drop the survivor back in the car. Have the car go back. Like, it, like you're totally, like, managing, like, the whole battlefield in a way that feels very different from XCOM. Very different from any other kind of strategy game that I've played. So, it's, like, half strategy half real time, half tactics, half controlling, half in the shit. Like, it's just like the blend of everything is not like anything that I've played before structurally. Okay. Um, and I love, I love it, dude. I think it's amazing. It seems amazing. I was totally wrong with my intro. So just, I'm not going to cut it out, but pretend I didn't say it. Okay. Cause my intro is obviously wildly different, but this is why we're keeping that intro. That was wrong. Uh, that I intro to this game is because that's marketing. Yeah. And yeah. back to that, uh, similar to you know some of the businesses I see on Shark Tank who are like this really cool idea, but it's such a new concept. They're like, well, we're gonna have to spend millions on marketing yeah. because no one knows what the fuck this is. Exactly, and they exactly. never bought in one of these things before. Yes. And that's so uh, you know perfect for right now, like what that is and what I did literally. I marketed I mean, it perfect, wrong yeah, because it's a we didn't. Example. Yeah, exactly. You're totally one hundred percent correct, and I think that's. Another reason why I feel like it's a shame that no one's talking about this game, because these guys have taken an IP which has traditionally flopped more often than it is hit. I mean, Isolation was a hit. I think Aliens Infestation from like 15 years ago was a great game. But every other Aliens game has been kind of crap. And so these guys are finally, they cracked it, dude. They figured it out. They figured out how to make Aliens the game. And it fucking works. Like it feels like you're watching, like you're in the fucking movie. It's stressful. Yeah. Stakes. You're exploring. It matches the IP perfectly. Like you're doing what you should be doing. It's just, it feels amazing. And like, no one's talking about it. And like you said, all the shit, it took me 20 minutes to explain what this game is. And it took me probably two hours to figure out what this game is. But how's anybody going to get that out of a trailer? It looks just like another action game or a strategy game. And you don't get what makes it stand out and so special, right? And it's funny because 
when you start this game, one of the very first things that pop up is they're like a message from the developer. And it's like, this is a really different game. This is a really experimental game. It's very difficult. So please hang in there, you know? And I'm like, oh, dude, at first I thought it was weird that they put that message up. But once I got in, I'm like, oh, man, I get it now because all of my expectations, all of the things that I thought I was going to be doing, I'm not doing. Everything that I thought I saw from the trailer is not what it actually is. And once you're in the shit like that, you're like, oh, man, this is brilliant. But you're never going to get there if you're not convinced to take the plunge, right? And so they're, just like yeah. you said, they don't have the marketing budget. No one's talking about it. Final Fantasy, yeah, and that's taking all the mind share. And this is one that I feel like genuinely deserves to be looked at and to be played. Um, you know, not going to say it's perfect. I mean, I think there's a, a f you know, the UI could be cleaned up a little bit. The text could be a little bit bigger. Uh, one of the menus is like a little laggy, which kind of irritates me. Uh, consistently laggy, which sucks. Um, but like, but all that stuff is real small potatoes. I mean, I think really when you get down to the heart of it, they have captured the essence of the Aliens movie in a way that is not only just copying the movie, but like literally like translating that into a gameplay format that makes so much sense. Like it finally, you know, because I don't know about you, dude, but I, I've had conversations where like Aliens, man, boy, that's just like a video game waiting to be made. That's like everything's right there. What's so hard about that? And it's been very difficult for like two decades. These people finally figured it out. They got it. They got the, it's, it's done. They've nailed it. And like no one's paying attention. Yeah. So. Wow, and it's interesting too because it's almost like in a similar sense of the Final Fantasy game where it feels like a show, right? Yeah, like yeah. I would say Final Fantasy 16 is most like a Netflix series um, that you play as well. Uh, and it seems like this has a different mechanic where how you play the game, but like you said, you're just watching these scenarios play out and dealing with it. If there's death, there's death, you know? Yeah, yeah. It seems super cool. It's really fucking cool. I really like it. It's stressful as fuck. And I got to play it in short bursts because the <laughs> the tenseness of it does get to me. But I love it, dude. I think it's so great. And if you're a fan of Alien or Aliens specifically or the IP or anything, you've got to check this one out. This is one of the winners, absolute winners, dude. Like, it's so fucking good. It's amazing. Check it out check for it sure. Out. Aliens Dark Descent. Okay. That is the end of the main portion of the show. We're going to balance in a second, but probably just a couple things before we go here. Carlos, any any non-game stuff you want to get off your chest before we bounce? Oh, I got nothing. I mean, I'm watching tons of shows. Um, I did... Uh, we already talked about Black Mirror and my frustrations with it. Yep, um, yep, yep. But I'm just like, I'm so curious on how so many people, like that one episode I talked about a robot being cut up and stuff, they thought that was like the best one or something. Oh, no, really? And I was like, oh, what's going on with society? <laughs> like in general that Red you saw flag. past that. There's a home invasion thing that's really bad and it, it lingers way too long. I can't believe they're like, yep, uh, the one with that in it. Anyways, um, also I tried to start uh, Bo is Afraid, which is a movie I've been very interested in. Um, the guy who did Hereditary and stuff. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah, yeah. twisted, dark mind. Again, talk about dark. Um, but because it's, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? I don't oh, know. my goodness. To the main guy. <laughs> the main guy, also a funny name. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to type in the main guy. I have no idea. Bo is afraid. I'm like, hold on, let me just write it. Everybody at listening is like, what are you talking about? What's happening? What's going on? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways. It's really like a twisted, like David Lynch, um, which I like, uh, you know, n not really real thing that's happening to a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it they call it a tragic comedy. Gotcha. Which I really like that idea, and I like a lot of parts of it. 
but some of it just hits too close to home because mm, it's about okay. family. Yeah. And I'm like, if this was about anything else and it was this type of movie, I'd be like 100% in. But because it's so much about family and I have like, you know, a lot of family issues. Sure. Um, well, we all have family issues. We all do, yes. And I think, yeah, I think that's actually the point of it. A lot of people can, you know, touch on some of this stuff and be like, oh man, I could imagine myself in that. Even though it's like not real. You know, a lot of it's basically just like imaginary and weird and yeah. there's these fantastical yeah. takes. So I, I like parts of it. But I might do something that I've never done before in any film, um, which is why I kind of recommend it. I think it's done so well and so weird. I'm going to skip parts. Oh, wow. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, I don't do that, but I have heard people that do that. What, tell me the name of the title again. What was it's it? called Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid. Okay. And I just think there's there's parts that are like so real and so like remind me of things, you know, in my own life. I'm like... I can't sit on this scene for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So I might jump around a little bit and finish it. It's on VOD. So that's right. not really a appraising review at all. But oh, Okay. Something to chew on, I guess. There something to chew on. And I'm watching mm. millions of other things, but I have nothing right now for the show. Okay. Um, I just watched a movie called Polite Society. I think it's playing on Peacock, but I think it's also on VOD, I believe. It is a British movie starring an almost entirely um, Indian cast, like East Indian cast. Uh, it's kind of like a comedy, and it's also kind of like a, a surreal, absurdist sort of a thing. Basically, yes. there's. Oh, have you seen it? I've seen the trailer, and it okay. seemed very interesting to me. It's really good. It's really good. We loved it. Um, basically, there's this girl, this Indian girl, who wants to be a stunt woman, and her sister wants to be an artist, and the parents are kind of poo pooing it. They want them to be like doctors and the, the very traditional. Uh, I mean, this is not my culture, but, you know, I've seen many stories that mirror this kind of thing. If you are an East Indian person, this seems to be very common cultural themes. But basically, the sister decides to get married to this really rich up and coming bachelor, also an Indian guy. And the, the younger sister who wants to be a stunt woman is like, no, 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 you can't get married because this family is actually evil and they're doing all sorts of nefarious shit. And you're not sure at first if she's just imagining it or if it's actually real. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but. Um, the movie is great. Uh, it takes a lot of twists and turns that you don't see coming. It's really funny. And, um, there's a lot of like fighting, like kind of goofy fighting. And it's just like the, the sense of humor in it is really good. Like we thought it was wonderful. Um, we just never knew what to expect. And it was like a lot of laughs and a lot of good acting and just a very good heart at the core of it. I think mm. it's a really positive movie. Um, and it was just really a good time. We really liked it a lot. Um, polite society i think it's even definitely appropriate for um like families too as well yeah uh, it's on the lighter side for sure it's interesting good. that's like the opposite of it's the opposite and similar and the fact that it's fantastical at times right it seems mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. but it's it is like, yeah but it's like more heartwarming than bo's afraid where it's like bo's afraid it's gonna challenge you you know emotionally. oh yeah you know this is there's nothing challenging in this movie and i think that's fine not every right. movie needs yeah, to do it's that good. it's just a good time movie we had a great time um, another shout out to Deadlock, which I talked about last week. Uh, the series set in Tasmania about uh, officers investigating a serial murder in a lesbian forward town in the middle of a lesbian festival. Yep. That show is funny as shit. It is so good. And the way that they transition between being serious and being funny is like masterful. Um, I think it's definitely with that that area of the world like Tasmania, which I don't have a lot of experience with, but certainly Australia. I think it's got a lot of similarities to Australian sense of humor, which sometimes really works for me really well. Um, I think it's really great. So Deadlock is great. D-E-A-D-L-O-C-H. Wonderful. Loving that. I got a couple episodes left. I'm going to be very sad when that is over. Um, I haven't seen this yet. Maybe you have. Have you seen the trailer for I'm a Virgo? 
Yeah, and it's on my top of my list. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. It it's about fucking fantastic. It's on Amazon right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes from uh, director Boots Riley, I believe. It's on Amazon right now, and it's about a black young man in Oakland who is inexplicably 13 feet tall. He's like a giant. It's like a, yeah, a giant. Person. Yeah, he's like fucking huge. And so what does that mean to be a giant and to be black and in Oakland? And I haven't seen it yet, but I, as soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, shit, we got to watch this. So we're going to watch it like ASAP. Um, it seems to obviously explore cultural issues, probably a lot of personal issues, um, you know, a lot of social media. I'm sure there was hints of that in the trailer. So it looked really good. Definitely going to check that out very soon. Let me put an asterisk next to that because yeah. we need one more asterisk for the show. Yeah, yeah. I believe he did. Oh, what did he do? Sorry to bother you, I think. Was Sorry to bother about? you. Okay, yeah. so that movie. Have you seen that? I have only seen bits. I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. It came out in 2012? That's crazy. It's on my list, man. He's done many, many other movies since yeah. then. But, yeah. um, oh, no, he hasn't done many movies since then. Only... Let me look it up real quick. Keep talking. Okay, so I have a slight problem with that movie and the fact that it, it does feel fantastical, which he likes doing. Um, and I won't say the spoiler in case someone wants to watch it. Something happens in that movie at some point where it reminds me of The Lobster there's movies that are like this where it's like fantastical, but also like, why'd you pick that as your mm. fantastical option? You know what I mean? Yeah. This yeah. seems like from the trailer, much more straightforward where like, you know, he's really large and that's weird. And what's that mean culturally and stuff like that. But in sorry to bother you. Um, and because he, I knew he, he did this, uh, it gets fucked for like no, no funness. I'm not speaking English now. <laughs> It's like it changes to a really fucked up weird thing and it, it makes it worse. Like, I, I don't like the end of that movie or like, I don't like the last quarter. Okay. Of I, I don't know what it is, so I can't comment on that. Oh, but, I wish uh, I could tell you, but I can't. All right, don't tell in me. In case you want to watch it. But the point is that because I know that, I'm kind of a little hesitant with the series. Because, I, yeah, who knows? Man. You know, I bet it could get dark. I mean, there's definitely potential for it to get really dark. Dark isn't it. I, anybody listening who's seen this movie knows what I'm talking about. All right. It's funny, but like weird as fuck. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Anyway, so I'm looking him up. Uh, so obviously a, a lot of music background, um, but he, sorry to bother you, was his first thing as far as film go. And this mm. is his, his second big, like, you know, not a film, but TV project. So director and writer in both of those, but a, like a pretty, pretty long music history. Okay, um, I'm gonna so check it out. I'm still gonna check it out. out. I'm gonna check it out still. And then the only other thing, what else was I gonna say? Uh, nothing. I talked about gargoyles last week, didn't I? Did didn't yes, I? yeah, yeah. yeah. Still watching gargoyles. Still good. I still wish they were gonna kill people. They never kill anybody, and it drives me fucking crazy. Because if there's ever a show that needed more violence, it's gargoyles. But still enjoying oh. it. So all yeah, right, there you go. All right, folks, that is a show. As always, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, sobodygamespodcast at gmail dot com. Also. Hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I never know nowadays. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm Carlos Rodella everywhere. Just Google Carlos Rodella. That's Carlos Rodella at everywhere.com. Yep. <laughs> Literally, just Google. And by the way, do that. Here's my actual answer. Do it and, and let me know what you find. Because you just find weird shit. Like I, that's I, true. I did this video about whatever, like a, a game. I did this video about like um, somewhere else, traveling. I don't know what it is. Carlos doesn't even know where Carlos is. If you find Carlos, please let Carlos let know, me know where he's at. Yeah, yeah let please. me know where I'm at. As for me, same as always, I'm basically on every platform, some more than others. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 342. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>